three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there's that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, jeez. Aaron. <sighs> You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. And welcome in. It is episode number 120 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, yes, the man beast, <laughs> as well as Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And of course, the main event, 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 event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. A uh, lot to do this week, boys. Uh, this is, uh, we had a, a wild. Hey, did you ever, did you ever actually change the intro so that it's not just a blank sound of you saying the man beast? Oh, you want the music back underneath it? Yeah, yes, it's going to take I me do. a minute to do that. I'll do that. I'll get oh, to it. Oh, I got a lot of things. Just, I don't know if you know this. I have a three-week-old child. Okay, well, it, so have the kid do it. Come on. How long it took you to do it the way you did it? If you'd have did it right the first time, it would have taken oh, you less for time. F's sake, Jesus Christ! Listening to you, I will get that done. I don't know if it'll be for this week or if it will be for it next week. Better be for this week. I hate you so much. Or oh, okay, then we'll wait till Friday to have the show up, Dick. We'll get. I like I, it, like, it, like it takes you more than ten minutes to fucking change the sound. It's bike. more that I have to go back through and find all the old clips. That's all. You know what I mean? Like I got to find the. It, it's fine. I'll get it done. Don't worry about it. We're wasting too much time on this, and we have plenty of things to waste time on this week. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with wasting everybody's time with something <laughs> we'll that's get, never we'll, gonna happen. Hang on a second. Um, a lot to do. Good to have everybody back. Well, not everybody back. AJ's still in Florida, but Aaron, good to have you back. Uh, hope you had a lovely honeymoon. It's great. Um, had a good week last week. It was a little. A little all over the place, but we had a great show last week, and um, looking forward to this week chatting with Josh Matthews, the uh, the voice of Impact Wrestling. Their big anniversary, uh, Slammiversary pay-per-view is this weekend, and so we'll talk to him about that and everything going on in the world of Impact and, Wrestling. And there's big breaking news on the Twitter machine about Impact 2. Oh, oh, I don't even know. You can scoop me on this. Uh, they just purchased Global Force Wrestling, apparently. Oh, well, they were already they were, part of it. Right, I mean, they were defending the Global Force title. But still, this, I mean, yes, that's significant. Yes. That's significant. Uh, it, it seemed something. I mean, it's it's significant. It seemed inevitable, but good to know that it's actually done, and they won't try to, you right. know, brand Global we Force will, anymore. We will talk to Josh Matthews about that a little bit later on in today's show. Looking forward to that. Um, so that's coming up. We will also get into other things that are going on in the world of wrestling, including most of us have watched Glow. Cough, cough. You're an asshole, AJ. But you know, we'll deal with that later. Yep. Um, this, this topic that we're going to lead with this week is wildly hype. of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, over the weekend, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, became the new Ring of Honor world champion. Friday night, correct? Correct. And a uh, picture was tweeted out about it and the whole thing. It's funny because his dad was the American dream. Right. Right, and so he's the American Nightmare. Yes, I, I get it. I get where they were going with that. Amazing. Um, Daniel Bryan, perhaps you've heard of him. Brian Danielson, he's a professional wrestler of note. Um, no longer, he was a professional wrestler of note. Now he's the general manager of... General s- manager of note. Of note. He, uh, he responded to that tweet. And it was, uh, it was exciting the way that he responded to it because he suggested... And he's also the American Dragon. That's right, the, the, American, American the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Um, 
he suggested that if Cody Rhodes should hold the title for what's the number of days? Four sixty-two, I believe. Four hundred, four hundred sixty-two days. Exactly right. Then he might come after said title. Nope. On September twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen, after nope. his contract with the WWE runs up, it's weird because nope. AJ keeps saying nope in the background while we try to set this up. Um, he suggested that might be something that he would do. Now, nope. this has been out there for a little while. I don't know what AJ's opinion is going to be about the subject, so I'm really looking forward to hearing. I, this. I, I think he's already writing it down. He's penciling. Yeah, he's in playing for, where he's going to be on. What is that? Is that a uh, boy? What, what's that normally? The September pay per view or October? They always have a fall one. Yeah, I can't I remember what it, what it is. But, um, Glory by Honor, final maybe. Countdown. No, that's uh, December final battle. That's right, final battle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we all know that Daniel Bryan has sort of not so subtly made it clear he still wants to wrestle. His contract, the WWE will not allow him to wrestle, but he's going to be out of a contract at some point. Clearly, December, September twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen, with the WWE, and perhaps. Perhaps this is his way of saying, I really do want to wrestle again. And if that nope. requires me to go to Ring of Honor, that's what I will do. Nope. AJ, I know that you could have a lot of opinions about the subject. I'm, I'm not sure what your opinion is going to be, but why don't we're, you... We're going to give you uh, yeah, 100 you, words here, 100 yeah, words. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, if you could just try to, like, just, just get it down a little bit and, and give us your thoughts on this whole possibility. This will never happen. Four words. Mm. Done. Mm. Mm. Why stop do you say wasting, that? Stop wasting everyone's time. Four more words. Done. It'll never happen. Because Daniel, Bryan's, because Daniel Bryan, even when his contract's going to run up with WWE, they're going to offer him a new deal. And he's going to get paid more to be at WWE, not wrestling, than he's going to get to fucking go to Ring of Honor and wrestle. And he's going to have a kid that he's going to have to take care of. And he's going to have other responsibilities. And he's not going to be having to beat his body up to make more money. He's not going to wrestle ever again. That's how it's going to play out. People need to get that through their heads and understand that. You haven't gotten this to Roman Reigns yet, which I'm really surprised by. <laughs> I honestly can't believe. Unlike you. Roman Reigns, who can wrestle, um, absolutely can, absolutely can wrestle. And yeah, Roman but he Reigns, never, but he never puts on any good matches. That's also factually <laughs> accurate. That's you know, what I was going to do. We, when need, I, we do need a ding. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say I, at the dollar store. I think they have a little right. bell. So uh, I'm gonna Aaron, I will allow you to share your opinion before I try to play devil's advocate. Uh, I think that AJ is right for the most part, and the big reason in, in that little you know short rant there, the kid. I think the kid factor is going to be. I think he wants to. I think in, if it's if it was just up to him, if he had no responsibilities, if he hadn't gotten married, if he didn't have a kid. This would be in play. I think that he desperately wants to get back in the ring to the point where he saved up enough money and he'd take less money to do it. I think the kid is going to play a big factor. I think that he is going to sit down. He's going to realize, I'm a dad now. I can spend time with the kid. I don't have to travel to Japan. I don't have to go places. I can set my schedule and I can make good money doing this. I think that's going to be the deciding factor. But I do think that in his heart and hearts, he wants to do this. Okay. I, for the so sake Aaron of point. Just basically, Aaron basically said he agreed with me for the most part and then said everything that I said instead of just saying, I completely agree with AJ. Okay. I think that he's making points. And, I, and I'm going to play devil's advocate because, yeah, I probably agree with you too, but there's still the part of me that wonders about, if we know anything about Daniel Bryan, it's that the money is not a factor, right? Like, they live in, like, a, a two-bedroom house in Arizona and – they like do sustainable everything. Like I mean, the, the money is not a concern 
for Daniel Bryan because he does not live in any ways an extravagant type of life. So the money factor here I don't think is significant. The other part is, and I do agree with you, the kid is significant in this process and, and whether or not you're willing to you risk... Can't even, you can't even fucking put in the actual... Uh, lead into the show the correct way because you got a new kid. And right. You're expecting, you're expecting him to go travel the world with the Ring of Honor making less money? No. I, I understand exactly what you're saying about that part of it. I still think there's something weird about Daniel Bryan where I, I, I think that some of the things we've heard about him, that like he was genuinely depressed, I think a lot of that is very much real because I think that all he knows is being a wrestler. And it wouldn't surprise me if in his heart of hearts he says, I can't really be happy unless I'm wrestling. Like, that's just the way. That, and if I have the option to do it and I'm choosing not to do it, I'm not going to be happy. Like, it's one thing when you don't. He doesn't have the option. He can't do it right now. It's this or nothing. Like, he, he doesn't have an option to go wrestle somewhere because he has a contract. But if he has the option to wrestle and chooses not to do it, I think that mental health is a bigger factor than people want to make it when we discuss things like having a kid and and you know your happiness if you can get over that if he can get over the mental health aspect of this then yes i probably tend to agree with you but i don't know that it's as simple as just saying he's got a kid there's money all those things i do think the mental health aspect of this the ability to be happy when you put your head on the pillow at night is something that's a little bit different for a dude like that than it would be for other people i don't think that he thinks the same way that the rest of us do and so because of that I would not be surprised. If I was a betting man, I'd probably bet with you. But I would not be remotely surprised if he actually pulled the trigger on this or if he attempted to force WWE's hand in the process and said, look, I'm going to go unless you give me some opportunity. And maybe it's a limited run. Maybe it's a whatever it is. Give me a mania match. Give, give me, me a one more, yeah, match. a way to say goodbye, something like that. I'm going to do this because that's what I do and I want to wrestle and somebody's going to allow me to do it, whether you do or you don't. Um, you know, hell, in football, with Zach Orr has a spine injury and could die at any moment, but still wants to play football. Like, th th somebody's going to give him the chance. Like, this is – these things happen, and it's just like a, 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 a mental health thing that I don't think people take into consideration, that if it's going to cause you severe depression, there's no amount of money that can, can make you happy when you're dealing with severe depression. Oh. Huh. <laughs> so I guess I'm just right then. No, you just wasted more time. Oh, oh move on. Here's, here's, here's the biggest reason why this match isn't happening. Cody's not holding the belt for 420 well, I mean, days. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. I, Cody I just, won't even be – Cody will be back in WWE by then. Probably true. Though, did you read some of the interviews he was saying where he's making – he's made more money this year than any year he was in uh, WWE? Mm -hmm. And as soon as they offer him a contract that pays him more than he's making right now, his ass will be right back in WWE. No, I agree with AJ about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll end up back. He'll, I don't know if it'll be within the year, but he'll definitely end up back at some point. With, with, what do you mean within the year, by the end of this year? Or with, by, I, I'd say by 12 September months from of today. 2018? 12 months from today. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting time frame. I don't know if it'll be by then or not, but yes, he'll he'll be back because everybody's obviously going to end up being back. Um, all right, so because AJ's unhappy, let's dovetail from this conversation into, because Daniel Bryan is the general manager of SmackDown, let's get into SmackDown from this week. Um, you know, 
we all Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan looked super unhappy when he came out to the ring and the place went fucking nuts and they chanted Daniel Bryan for a minute and a half. Yes, I'm, I'm looked, sure that means there's no way. So, I'm sure if, I'm so sure when you're out unhappy. there doing your job, there's no chance that you're dealing with anything else. I'm sure that's how mental health he works. Looks so I'm sure that happy. I'm sure that people, with people chanting his name at the top yes, of their lungs for I'm, a minute and a half. I'm sure that no one has ever been depressed and managed to put it together when they were doing their job. I'm sure that no they one has actors. ever dealt with that. Yeah, I'm sure that's never happened before. Anyway, um, so I, look, we all said last week they have to have Carmelo win the Money in the Bank. Anyway, that like you have to do it that way. The whole thing remains super weird. The way that it it it, it happened, whyever they did it, the way that they did it, if it was just uh, the fact that Carmelo won again makes me think that you and Sean were right when you said that they planned to do this all along just to get two matches for ratings on SmackDown. And that was my gut to begin with. I didn't think there was any other way. If they had done anything else, it would have set a really uncomfortable precedent about the way that faces act, the way that heels act. They, they, they had such a straw man kayfabe argument for why it is they were doing it to begin with. Like, it was so... Right, Carmella was the face going into was, that match. She, mean, was was overcome, such a, she was literally overcoming the odds. Right, it was such a piss-poor argument they were attempting to make as to why they had to do it again that it, it, it just didn't vibe. Like, it, you could not come up with any argument in which Carmella wasn't right and didn't deserve to be Miss Money in the Bank. So, ultimately, I... Ultimately, the way they did everything, this was the only thing I thought they could do. I don't think they could do anything else other than have Carmella win the match the second way. It'll always be a little bit weird the way they went about doing it, but this is the way it but had to But moving forward, yes. it's fine. Like This right. is where it should be moving forward from here. The last nine days or however many days have been very weird when it comes to that. Uh, I, th I think even if, if the idea was to boost ratings, I think they did it very weirdly because, again, then you're using a pay-per-view to build a TV match, which is always... Dangerous. But there's this argument now with the network of network, what is, okay, what what is, is the more pay per view, important? right? I don't exactly. Know, yeah. It's just it, you know we're so trained to think that you know that's one of the things. Whenever you talk about WCW, that's one of the things that comes up. Oh, you know they always cared about ratings more than the than the uh, the pay per views, and that was one of their big downfalls. So whenever you see it, it kind of sets off a little alarm. But you're right with the WWE network, we might see more of this where the WWE network shows aren't considered as important. So it's weird, but you know, literally in the end, one month, literally one month ago, you talked about how they were going to be in financial dire and everything was going to go bad because of the ratings uh, with Jinder Mahal in the title picture. Literally a month ago, you said that. I, you're so, right. I, I said that the ratings were bad, and the ratings it, it very well could have been that the go home show before Money in the Bank was one of the worst rated shows. It's, you know, it was the second worst since the brand split, only against uh, Election Day was worse. So it's very possible that they saw that and they were like, okay, we need to prioritize ratings here. Uh, if it's me, I'm not doing that at the expense of making these, you know, the WWE Network shows feel less important. But, you know, they might well, be doing that more I think you can make an argument they managed to do both. They didn't say... Yeah. Th they like, didn't... like, just because, like, nothing happened that changed the, the, the Randy Orton... And Jinder Mahal thing was important. Baron Corbin winning the Money in the Bank was important. Like the tag team title match with the Usos walking out was important. Well, and just also be, and just because through just that because, night, through th that night, you had no idea there was going to be another Women's Money in the Bank match. So it's not as if they drove people away from watching Money right. in the Bank. It's it, well, and, Money in the Bank and the de and the debut of Maria and Mike Kanellis. Correct. But if you are going to and again, it's a one-time thing, and as a one-time thing, it's whatever. If this becomes a, 
okay, we're going to start using do this a little more where the network we're going to start using that to set up the shows. That's where it becomes a little dangerous if this is a more than one time thing. Right I, now, I like I said, it just set it raises an eyebrow right now. Once once again, you're 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 doing too much with that because this is the, there was six matches on the card and one of those matches was used to set up one SmackDown one time and those other five matches still like the result of what happened didn't change at all due to what happened on SmackDown the next uh, the two days later. So I don't think that you can I don't think that you can draw that conclusion. No, from but that. at the same time, we're getting, re- you know, I mean, you just look at this past week. You got the rematch of the women's. You have that. You have a lot of but things they have where, rematches all the time. Well, I, and then that's a, a long term problem there where they're doing it. It's just it is something to, to I, watch I don't a think little bit. OK, here's where. So this is where we'll separate Aaron being the worst from reality. That's what I always like to do. Right. Like this is I, I think there's nothing wrong with saying it appears as though they're putting somewhat less of an emphasis on the pay-per-views being the most important thing. But they have slightly de-emphasized that because they're not pay-per-view anymore. They're all on the WWE Network. It's a little bit different than it used to be. They're not trying to sell something. They want to sell the network, and there's a lot of things available on the network. You're not only getting the network because of the, the pay-per-views. You're also getting the network because you want to watch 205 Live or you want to watch NXT. or the... Library the women's, or the women's tournament else. coming up this summer. Yes. So I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a realistic approach that they have to whatever degree it is. I don't think it's significant, but to even a slight degree, they appear to have somewhat de-emphasized the pay-per-views. Okay, that's fine. It's still, you have to watch them. We're not at a point, this doesn't make you change your mind that like, well, I don't need to watch Money in the Bank because I'm just going to see the same thing on Tuesday night. And again... their goal is to get you to watch all of it. That's what they're attempting to do, is they don't want someone to choose, well, I watch Money in the Bank, so I don't need to watch SmackDown for the next couple of weeks. I'll just tune in when we get to whatever the hell the name of the next, I don't even know, what's the name of the next? Battleground. Thank you. Jesus Christ, this is a, a tough season for pay-per-view names. Although, you know what? We make fun of Great Balls of Fire. I sure as hell remember which did, one that is. Did, did you see uh, Talking Smack last night? No. Uh, Kevin Owens was on, he was saying stuff like, yeah, you have a, Battleground and Battle Royal. Why is everything battle? And Daniel Bryan says, well, at least it's better than Great Balls of Fire. It's not bad. It's not bad. I like that. Is um, it really? I mean, I, I don't remember like, Battleground, all, but I remember Great make, Balls of Fire. We all make fun of Vince, but Vince has single-handedly made the greatest pay-per-view name in the history we, of pay-per-view names. We all know because it's Everyone knows what it is, and everyone is so excited for it. We are all like we, we have been talking about Great Balls of Fire <laughs> for five months. We couldn't tell you what the last SmackDown pay per view was called. It was Payback Lash or whatever. You know, I mean, like, well, we know the last one was obviously Money in the Bank, but the one before that, yes. I couldn't effing tell you what was the SmackDown pay per view before Money in the Bank. It was Payback or it was Backlash or it was. It was something like that. I don't effing remember, but I sure as shit know Great Balls of Fire. I know which one the next Raw pay-per-view is, and I've been knowing that one for a long, long time. Um, all that being said, I, at the end of the day, they got it right. At the end of the day, Carmella was, was the good choice to begin with. It was, it was weird how it went. It sort of made her sympathetic, which is the only problem that I have with any of it is if you're not looking to turn her face, there's no reason to try to make her look sympathetic. Like, that's not a great idea for a heel character. Um, I think they can get the heat right back because, you know, they did have her use a steel chair and take a steel chair to Becky Lynch, which probably goes a long way into making her get her heel heat back. And she still has James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth. Who has nuclear heat. So I don't think it's going to be all that. I don't understand why you guys keep saying that, like, like I I give you're trying to say, well, she had to persevere. That makes her a babyface. But you also complained about the fact that she had someone else go up and get the briefcase for her. I didn't do that. Means, 
I'm I'm not talking yeah. to you. Okay. And the person who I'm talking to knows who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah. And, and like he's not even so, gonna use your name. He's I not even, I don't even get a name yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, just the person. So like you can't complain about the fact that they did that and say that, oh man, they shouldn't have did that, blah, blah, blah. And then have everyone boo her out of the arena the next Tuesday on SmackDown. And everyone boo her when she came out with James Ellsworth. And everyone boo on the idea of her getting the briefcase back. And everyone cheer the idea of her having to win it back again from the, from the, uh, for another Money in the Bank match. And then say, well, you know, it's hard to make her. It's going to be hard to make her a, ba- uh, a heel again. It's probably only because she hit uh, Becky with a chair. That doesn't make sense. She was a heel the entire time. Okay, I didn't. Well, now you're combining things that both of us said. Yeah. I didn't say it didn't make her a heel. I said it made her somewhat sympathetic. sympathetic. That How? Because no one she, had sympathy for her. No one. No, um, no, no, well, I did. No one. I mean, I know I did. For sure, should I did. I mean, the, it would have been mean, wrong. I, no, but what I'm saying is... As her character, you had sympathy for her as a person. Yeah, I mean, but as, okay. As her character, you had no sympathy for her. There's a little bit. I mean, I, I understand what you're trying to say, and we're sort of splitting things here. I think the problem. It's the Rusev fact, you know, like it, the. There, there is something to be said for you never want to make it seem as though you're. Like, again, when she's making the compelling arguments, when she's the one that's going out and saying relevant things about the way the rules work, and your, your GM is just saying, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. That, that there's that's not that doesn't gel with the way that heels and faces are supposed to operate. Faces are supposed to constantly operate within the concept of rules. Where even if you don't like it, even if that's not the way it's supposed to be, you don't break anyway. You just say, well, that's the way it is, and we deal with it, and we move forward, and we win anyway. Which is what they're doing with Becky Lynch, right? And that's the the best way to build a face is that Becky Lynch is getting screwed at every angle, but she's not breaking. She's not going to start doing dirty things. She's just going to win anyway. That there is some level of how a heel works and how a face works that it doesn't gel. So maybe I'm more talking about Daniel Bryan than I am about Carmella, because again, they clearly did a lot to keep Carmella a heel in the process. They did a great job, despite the fact that her character was getting jobbed, they did a great job of keeping her very heelish in the process by having her do underhanded things, by having James Ellsworth come out anyway, despite the fact that he was banned from the arena, by having her take a chair. They've done a good job of making sure that she kept her heel heat, despite the fact that any reasonable person watching this could only come away by saying, no, she really got screwed here. Like, she... She should have been the money in the bank winner already. Even if I don't like it, that's the way the rules work. And, like, that's just the way that it is. So I think the bigger thing is that it's – and it's an example number 6,000 of having a face GM act like a heel, and it's just sort of awkward. It's an awkward thing to do to have – I guess it just goes back to having – it's a, it's an awkward thing to have a face authority figure. Um but it's not acting like a heel when you're doing it to a heel and all the audience well, loves it. And that's, that and that's what, you're ta- what you're talking about is a notion that the heels are the heels, the faces are the faces. When the face, and the faces can do whatever they right, want. When the face does something. It's, it's, it's John Cena's whole philosophy. He can call Vicky Guerrero fat and ugly and all that things, and because she's a heel, it's okay to do that. Right, correct. Whereas somebody else doing it, that's, that's what proves that they're a heel. Your concept is something that cl- very clearly the WWE has has really bought into in recent years that once we establish who's a heel no, and who's don't say in recent years because when austin was a face he did the same thing when rock was a face when hogan he did the same. i mean hogan was a you know look at how hogan won the first title yeah, okay yeah. that's fine there's an argument yeah. for all that if you're a face you're just a face like that no matter what you do yes. you're you're yeah. the good guy here and they're the bad guy and so it does not matter what it is that any of you do i maybe it's the nerd in me i don't like that i would prefer that my faces act like faces and that my heels act like heels 
Um, all that being said, at the end of the day, I'm saying I'm good with this. They did everything they needed to do. If they wanted to get another, if it helped them with ratings this week, then it helped them with ratings this week because more people tuned in to watch another women's uh, ladder match. The match itself was fine. You know, it wasn't, I don't think it was as good as the first one, but I don't know that we could have expected it to be as good as the first one because it was a, a TV match. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, SmackDown, let's stay on SmackDown. It was super weird to begin with that they gave Lana another <laughs> title shot, and it was even weirder when it didn't play out the way that AJ suggested it might, um, which is yeah. it would have made way... That whole concept would have made way more sense if that was when Rusev was coming back. Right. No, no, yes, it would have, but the one thing I will say from this is that um, it makes me think that Naomi is dropping the title soon because they're trying to make her look as good as possible. Okay. I mean... Certainly I mean, it was it was that. it was very clearly it was about Naomi. They were they were using this to build up Naomi as a, I, I mean, I guess almost even a dominant champion. And, right. And yeah. and it was it's at the expense of Lana. It's very much at the expense of Lana. But for all we know, they have no plans for Lana as a real single superstar, and they just wanted to kind of use her to build up Naomi. And if that's the plan, that's fine. Now, if they have long term plans for Lana, this was damaging. There's no doubt about that. I mean, why? Why? <laughs> like, what? What is the? What reason was there for that? It just it, it's bizarre. The more I think about it, the way that they went about doing it. But yeah, right. If if Lana is not really going to be a wrestler, if they only did this with her because they had all the other women in one match and they needed a women's title match on the card, and this was the only way they could go about doing it, okay, fine. Th- then yeah, right? then, then, then everything makes perfect sense. But if, if they intend way. for Lana to be a wrestler, I just I nope. I don't know, man. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and and yes, it does make Naomi good look good in the process, but at the same time. It's Lana, Lana right? Like, she's never wrestled before. Aren't we expecting that the the women's champion should destroy someone who's never wrestled before? Like, isn't that but just how can you how can you say that? How can you say that? How can you say that they made Lana look bad and then say this is what you expected from Lana? That doesn't make sense. Okay, again, if you're it depends on what you're doing with her. If she's gonna keep wrestling, I guess you could work that into storyline. I'll buy you that. If you work into storyline that she has to get better. Right, that that this was just her debut, and of course she's going to be bad. But if you're planning on her being a wrestler again next week, how can she look credible against anyone? She, you know, like how can you make by the having argue- a better by having a better match against someone else? Then I guess you have to do that incrementally. You have to make her look a little bit better every time. Like you, you isn't that isn't that literally what they do to every person no. who goes on a losing streak? Yes, it is. It's exactly what they did to Sheamus four years ago when he lost every match for like six months, and then he got a little better, a little better, a little better, and then won the U.S. title. It's exactly what they did for him. I, I don't. Ex- uh, I, I'm gonna. I will have to claim exactly, ignorance. You might be exact, right about that. It's exactly what they did with Bailey on NXT. Okay, but Bailey's a completely different story. Bailey's storyline was that she was the underdog. I don't know what Lana's storyline is. I don't know anything about Lana because they haven't really given us any indication of what they're doing with she Lana. She dances. Right. She, that's, does, she does dance. I mean, and, and that's lovely, and I appreciate her legs. They're very nice. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, all, I'm on board with all of that. I, they should the put her on thing, the Sunday the Night one, Football the Open. One thing that, the one, yeah, true. The one thing that bothers me most about this isn't the fact that she lost so quick. Isn't the fact that uh, she pe- she got the rematch and it was even worse than the first time she faced right? Naomi. The one thing that bothered me out of all of this was the fact that her finisher doesn't work. 
<laughs> well, it's not. Maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's not the finisher. That was just the first move she learned. So she's yeah, going to use it, it, and then she's going to try pull out a finisher that actually finishes matches. And that and that might and that would do it. That actually would make it would go it a long way. way. <laughs> it would go a long way in the drawing. Oh, room. if I had just had this different move all this time, I could have beaten Naomi. Yeah. I mean, the Rock wasn't any good till he had the Rock bottom. All right. So give Lana the rock bottom. We've solved everything. We've solved the problem. Let Lana use the... I'm sure People nobody was bothered by that, right? Just give her the rock bottom. Hey, if we can give Seth Rollins the pedigree, right? Like, then we can just give Lana the rock bottom. It makes all literally, the sense Literally, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss's finisher is a DDT. Literally. Right, right. That's a good point. Okay. I don't um, understand why they ever got away from the, uh, that like cheerleader splash from the top rope. Um... The DDT just looks more vicious, especially when you're selling, like, head injuries and stuff. I think that they wanted to put her over as the, you know, kind of, I have a vicious side to me, and the sparkle splash didn't really show a vicious yeah, side. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. That looks more cute than it does, you know, look mean, I think. Like, I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, let's touch on a couple other things really quickly from SmackDown, then we'll get into Raw in segment number two. Um, we're getting Orton gender again, which is, I, like, now this comes off as being particularly obvious, there's no way you're going to give Randy Orton three straight matches and have him lose all three for the title. But There's come on, it's in the Punjabi prison match. Okay, now we get to that. I don't know what to say here. Do you guys remember I'm, that? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this because that was that great Khali match was back when I didn't watch wrestling. It was in the dark ages. Yeah. It was a uh, well. Don't forget, there were two Punjabi prison. I don't matches. remember there being another. The one. first one, the first one was supposed to be the Undertaker and Great Khali. But the great Khali failed a drug test right before the match, so it ended up becoming Undertaker versus Big Show in the first ever Punjabi <laughs> prison match. Totally, and now that you say it, I remember it, but I totally forgot about that. It, I, I forgot exactly. I, I remembered it being ridiculous because I, I, I know you weren't watching AJ. I, I, I remember watching it and thinking, this, is a, this has the potential to be cool. This is really weird. Yeah, it looks I, cool. I, I want to read the, the rules of this match. Or, yeah. or something. <clears throat> says... Uh, the inner cage has a four-foot-by-four-foot four door on each of its side with a referee standing by to open them at the wrestler's request. Each door may be opened once and is only allowed to remain open for 60 seconds, after which case it is padlocked. Should all four doors end up locked in before the wrestlers escape, they are forced to climb out over the top where the bamboo is fashioned into spikes. Between the two cages are weapons, both medieval and bamboo variations of weapons. Once the wrestler has escaped the first cage, he must climb over and out of the second cage... And where it's standard cage match rules. Okay. The thing is, it's absurd. But that's good. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be absurd. And that's how you're going to get people to watch is because it's absurd. I Look, I have no problem with it at all. Frankly, it's probably a good idea. It There's no way that you can't have Randy. If, like, there's, you absolutely have to have Randy Orton win. You have to. I don't think so. How can you have him in three consecutive title matches and lose all three? Because the first two he f got screwed, and then this one is like an awkward match, and it's an Indian match with an Indian wrestler. I mean, that's the easiest. Okay, seller. he's Randy Orton. Yeah, but he was he is he the fucking modern day prince of India? No, he's not. By the way, neither is Jinder <laughs> Mahal. He's Canadian. But the point of this is, well, according the modern the modern day Maharaja is is a prince, right, and yes. so if anybody's going to win a fucking Punjab prison match it's probably okay but i'm not talking about in kayfabe i'm now talking about you cannot put randy orton in three straight championship matches at pay-per-views and have him lose all three or else what the fuck is the purpose of randy orton at that point 
what the fuck is the purpose for Randy Orton now? Fair, fair, but at least I assume he's about to become champion again, and that's the purpose, is to get you somehow get a money match out of this for SummerSlam. Um, maybe, maybe at this point, they think that it's going so well that they think they could do another Randy Orton-Jinder Mahal match if they have Randy Orton win here. They could have another rematch at SummerSlam because John Cena isn't coming to save us from um, uh, the Muslims. He's coming to save us from the Canadians, <laughs> which, as we all know, far bigger threat. Uh, although, wait a second. Holy shit. He's a Canadian, too. too. Son of a bitch. He is going <laughs> to save us from everybody. He's going to win all the belts. God damn it. Oh, man. It sucks now that I realize that. Hey, Glenn, um, I, know, I know all brown people look alike to you, but Indians aren't Muslims. Oh, right. I said Muslim. I'm a dick. Oh, my God. I'm so, I screwed that up. I might have to edit that out. <laughs> I, I might. I might. Um, hang on a second. Let me, let me, let me, let me re-edit this. But if it makes you feel any better, a lot of people that boo Jinder Mahal... A, they think don't he's, know a, he's from Canada, and B, think he's a Muslim. Yes. I know. I know. I just, that, that's a dick move. Hang on. I'm going to, just so I can make this sound better in editing. He's not here to save it from the idiot. All right. Never mind. I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Um, I'll edit I, none of that. By out the way, I do like how in kayfabe, Jinder Mahal has only been winning because of outside interference, so he chooses a match that can't have outside interference in it. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. It, you are right, and I thought the same thing, but then the match he picked is in kayfabe supposed to be his best match his right. home field advantage right. and so, that is so you right. trade home field advantage for the, outside the argument okay I, I don't remember who there's somebody who always makes the argument of when you're allowed to pick the stipulation why don't you pick a stipulation that says randy orton can't win right that's my stipulation how about a five-on-one handicap match right. here right. <laughs> no the one that i always the one that both of those are stupid they're just jokes and i get that but they're dumb the one that i you're dumb saw on t- <laughs> The one that I saw on Twitter that actually does make sense is why did the this, this stipulation be a non-title match? Right. 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 Anything. <laughs> anything that involves. I know one thing. I ain't losing tonight. Like, fuck's sake. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Honestly, I'm fine with it. But I, you can't have Randy Orton lose this match. You can't do that. You cannot. Unless he's just done. Unless you're just out on Randy Orton at this point. You cannot have him lose this match. It is interesting I talked when we first got to this point with Jinder Mahal about part of this purpose being all of the things you're still allowing, like the things that you're not doing that are still on the table by having your title picture be Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. When you have all these big stars on SmackDown at the moment that aren't in the title picture, you're buying yourself time to make those big matches. Well, now we're getting pretty close to SummerSlam. Yep. But, you know, but the thing is, SummerSlam, they try to treat SummerSlam like WrestleMania nowadays. So I think that the old, the entire point of this build to this point is that I think the feud ends either at Battleground or like the SmackDown after Battleground. Right. And, and then from that point on, you have a match that you haven't had yet in the past few months at SummerSlam I for hear, the title. Whether I think it his, be I think it, Randy it, it, Orton, AJ Styles, uh... John Cena, Jinder Mahal, uh, I just, you know. I, it feels as though your Nakamura, big, your big SummerSlam match you'd want to already be building to now. Like, you've already nope, want to have something nope. in. You literally, you literally last week talked about how it's awkward when you're building towards a match after a pay-per-view that you still have to do. Well, you, I, don't dis- just, I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying is not that. Not directly building right, towards I'm it, saying that planting you're, the you're seeds. Correct. Something like that. I'm saying that something that like name the what's the what's the one you you put out a few options and they're all options, but what's the one that that you're that you want? If we all had to pick what the title match is right now at SummerSlam, what would we want? Knowing it has to be either Randy Randy Orton or or Jinder, Jinder, Jinder and and that's tough. 
It's not. It's. I think, like I said, four months, three months, two months ago, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be AJ Styles, Kevin Owens for the U.S. title, and it's good. And I think that's what I said a couple months ago. And I think a- after all of this, we're going to get Jinder Mahal versus John Cena at SummerSlam for the I'm, world title. I'm convinced they're going to try to run John Cena, Kevin Owens through SummerSlam. I, I'm Maybe. Con- I'm convinced they're going to attempt to do that because it looks like right now it kind of has to be AJ Styles, Kevin Owens at what the fuck? Remind me, Battleground. Jesus yeah. Christ! But is, is Cena going to be in that battle? Well, I mean, that's like, and that's, that's the problem, that's right? The yeah, thing, that right? is the problem with all of this. It, it it just feels as though you've kept AJ Styles lingering with Kevin Owens for too long and not have him be there, and then you clearly you you got to be doing this. You can't do the open challenge if this doesn't lead to Kevin Owens, John Cena. So. At the end, I think it's got to be Kevin Owens, John well, and, Cena. And but then the free agent unless, thing's unless still looming. Over right, there us. is still that too. Yeah. Unless you throw in the th- the the entire point of the U.S. Open Challenge thing is to throw you off the scent. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, the, the, like the, there's just no payoff to that whatsoever. Kevin Owens and John Cena don't do anything. You know, like I. No, they might. I'm thinking they have a match, but it'll probably be on SmackDown. Okay. Right, SmackDown right. with interference, and that sends Cena off some other way. And that well, it, yeah. it directs Cena to, to Jinder Mahal as champion, is what you'd be saying at that point. Right. I think Randy Orton, AJ Styles is the one that makes the most sense to me. Um, it cleans up everything the nicest. You know, like you get, you get Randy Orton. I, I agree with you, but they did Randy Orton, AJ Styles four months ago on SmackDown. Right. But okay, they've done matches on SmackDown. They've done it pay per views later. I mean, I, think I know, they, but I, but like I'm saying, I'm thinking SummerSlam is different. Right. You wanted to be a big first time. Exactly. I hear you. I I wouldn't do this. I wonder if they try to get Corbin involved. I think that would be a mistake. I I do too. But looking at the picture, I almost wonder if that's how they, I, they I actually disagree. You know, when I watch it again, or when I, I watch it the first time, because you said something at the end when we had you on last week. I really, I did not think that went nearly as well as they thought it was going to go when Corbin came out on the first SmackDown. There was no reaction to it. There was nothing. Because and the part of it is they had a bad match for him to come out during because like I know they want Luke Harper to be a face, but nobody knows still if they're supposed to root for Luke Harper or not. Like they're they're very confused by it, and the the reality is like they don't know if they're supposed to be excited that Baron Corbin might cash in on Jinder Mahal who they don't like, or disappointed at the idea of Baron Corbin who they also don't like becoming champion. So they 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 had him run out during that match last week, and. It just there was nothing there. There was people didn't care that Baron Corbin was out there. In- I, I really, I really think what's going to happen is Baron Corbin. I think that uh, Randy Orton is going to. If I had to guess right now, I think Randy Orton is going to win the Punjabi Prison match, and then Baron Corbin is going to cash in right after. And that's kind of what my thought process um, was in getting okay. there. That that gives a it gives a reason. You know, the brutality of the Punjabi Prison. It gives right. it more than just oh look that looks. And so cool you think to- that leads to Orton Corbin at SummerSlam? Yeah, that could also be one yeah. too. I mean, that's not that, that was kind of. That's not the worst way to go about doing something. I don't think that's, it, it, w- it would be a clean way to kind of reset the board a little bit. I mean, also I realize the Punjabi prison is really bad on television. Like it's really hard to see. Oh, it's it's bad on television. Not, not on television, but in live. live. Like yeah, live. That, that's, you yeah. It's it's one thing to like watch a, a Hell in a Cell. Cell. Like yeah, they're not easy, but. You it's can not see. two layers of bamboo. I don't know how anyone in that arena has any clue what's going on in that match. Like I don't know how anybody has a clue unless you're sitting in in AJ seats right at the right at the ring. Main I have no seats, idea. Yes, yeah, the main, main event seats. So are we going? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's in <laughs> Philly, right? Like, I guess we'll go. I, it's it's really bad. Anything else from SmackDown? Um, I know we had a Fashion Vice uh, this Amazing. week. Amazing, of course, because they're amazing. What, no what do you think? 
Or we're getting a rap battle next week because why not? And we're getting a rap battle next week. Wait, what do you the the fashion vice? Do you think there's any real payoff to the the who done it? Who's or? attacking them? Yeah. I mean, I feel like eventually there will be probably, but I think that the entire point of it is just to get them infused with other people. And and that's that's my gut. I do wonder where American Alpha is in all this. Um, true. Okay, that's true. They're kind of disappearing right now. That's a good point. That's a good point. That would make a lot of sense. But I, do you like American Alpha as heels? I like them on TV. Yeah, I'll disagree with that. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's funny. That I, I, I wanted to touch on Corbin Nakamura, but like this makes actually complete sense. If they have Nakamura, typically when they do the, the cash-in the way that you're talking about, it's someone who's lost a match that mm-hmm. night. So to have Nakamura beat Corbin... At battleground, and then having cash in would make sense. That yep. would make sense. That, that's and then you have Corbin beat Orton at SummerSlam, and then his next feud is Nakamura. It's Nakamura. Well, I am not opposed to any of that. <laughs> I am good with all of it. Where do we sign up? How do I say? Is there a senator I'm supposed to call here to let him know that I need this in my life? Who do I go about doing this with? I God, don't understand. What? What? But here's the thing. We you kind of skimmed over it, but I just wanted to go back to it. Yeah. The Usos and the New Day are just the they're just well, yeah, I agree. It's great. It's it's all of it's great. I don't I don't know that I needed a rap battle, but I'm not gonna be disappointed by it. I was it. gonna say you did not <laughs> need a right, rap battle. I, I, you know, like I don't I don't think I was sitting around last week like, you know what I need them to do next? You know where I need to go is in honor of Prodigy passing away. I need them to have a rap battle. But the truth is I think it's gonna be great. I think because it's gonna of be, course it of is. Of course it is. Of course it is. They're all great. They're all really great. All right, uh, still a lot more to do today. When we come back in, we will get into Raw. That's next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. This is Jobbing Out. Want to see the Ravens take on the Jaguars in London on September 24th? Just go to pressboxonline.com slash London. You can win the grand prize, including airfare to London, five-star hotel accommodations, game day tickets, and more. Get all the details, contest rules, and enter now at pressboxonline.com slash London. No purchase necessary. Presented by Pressbox, Sports Tickets Unlimited, and Be More Around Town. Charm City's newest football team, the Baltimore Brigade, are taking arena football to the next level at Royal Farms Arena. This is the first ever season, and you're going to want to be there for it all. Catch a great game with your family sitting close to the field, or get your night started with friends in the bunker party zone. Baltimore Brigade football is high-speed, action-packed, non-stop excitement everyone can enjoy. Get your tickets now at BaltimoreBrigade.com or by calling Six six seven nine three zero zero two hundred. Baltimore Brigade Football presented by MedStar Health, brick by brick. You know I'm trying to do the right thing, right thing. You know I'm trying to do the right thing. Back in here for segment number two. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course. The main event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. You know, I should have used that as a good segue when we were talking about the rap battle. I should have said, hey, AJ, speaking of rap, tell everybody about what's going on with, you know, but I didn't because I I just wasn't thinking it through. So I'm going to try to save face here and now say, speaking of rap, go ahead and tell everybody about what's going on with your music. Uh, Yeah, you know, I got a... Still got those singles, Right Thing and YBMP on all streaming services now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You know I'm trying to do the right thing. Not a joke, okay? So, yeah. all right, I added it. I'm a Spotify guy, right? I'm a, uh-huh. I, and I'm a paying Spotify guy. Let me make that very clear. Um, so I added it to like a playlist the other day, 
and it's I don't know I was at the gym and it came on while I was on like the the elliptical or whatever and at first I'm like like my playlists are like white guy music mostly you know what I mean <laughs> like it's like Kings of Leon and like that type of crap J Roddy Walston in the business and like all of a sudden this comes on and at first I'm like what is this and why is it on and then I remembered I'm like oh I love this song oh <laughs> so this is a thing that actually occurred I actually worked out to AJ song right thing the other day yeah yeah first of all, it's, uh, right, it's right right thing, thing. I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm it's sorry. right thing. But yeah, uh, that song is uh, that song is getting radio play in DC as well as YBMP, which is also um, uh, on all streaming services. You can check them all out. You know, just look for Frank F R A N, the scent sign Frank. Uh, it's it's been going going very well, man. The album's coming together. I gotta I gotta finish up a couple skits, but uh, you know the album's gonna have 19 tracks, and it's it's six it's 19 tracks, three skits. Uh, 16 songs, and I don't think anybody in rap is going to be able to make an album like this because it's going to be so varied. It's different. You're going to have songs like like the the three th- the three th- the the three songs I have out right now, European, uh, Right Thing, and YBMP. None of them are anything. Yeah, they're very on. different. You're right. They are very they're very three, different. Completely different songs, but they're all um, dope. So check it out. Oh, it's good stuff, and I hate admitting that, but it's very very good. Uh, before we get into Raw, uh, we had a suggestion brought to us by one of our P1s, uh, our, our Brian Powell. On my show, Brian does a bit where when I screw up, when I make a legitimate mistake, like when I get my facts incorrect, when I it counts as a botch. And we do a race between myself and my sidekick, Kyle Ottenheimer, to who gets to five botches first, and then that person has to pay a penalty. Brian has suggested that we do something similar when we make botches on this show. When we get something, not when we when somebody disagrees with us, but when we get something flat out wrong. Like when we when we when we suggest something to be truthful. Like when Aaron talks about how the ratings have just sucked, and then we go back and look, and the ratings are actually better than they were before. Like that type of thing, right? Like yeah. that's that no, that wasn't a botch considering they were down twenty no, no, percent no. from December. But yes, go ahead. No, they were they were better with him as champion than they were when he wasn't champion, though. Did, did we not? I remember that. Of course. Not, okay. Do I remember we're, that? We're, we're, we're twisting. AJ, words do I remember that, writers? You, you, did well, we no, no, this, this is a botch because what I said was in when he entered the main mm, event picture. Mm, so this right mm. here it would count but as a botch. Is, but the point is, were they better with him as champion? Or I just I'm confused. With him in the main event picture? No, they were no, not. But as champion, when as he champion, became champion, then they were. So clearly, Randy Orton was the problem. All right. Yes. As long as we're on agreement. We're okay. Good. As long as we're on agreement. Uh, but he has suggested that we do something similar with botches on this show. Um, typically the way it works is when somebody gets to five botches, they have to sing a penalty song, and then uh, we move on. Everybody resets to zero at that point. It's a new race to five botches. Your thoughts on adding the botch game to what we do here on Jobbing Out? I love it because I'm really wrong. Mm. You were wrong like two weeks ago when you were talking about that great Lesnar Rain segment that didn't exist. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That Because I mixed up the Lesnar Rain segment and the... Uh, the reigns, but understand that would count. That would count as a botch. You're right. That is that is, that would count as one. But I, it was also uh, the points I was making were correct. I was just talking about reigns and Triple H instead of reigns and Lesnar. I just said the All wrong right. name. Brian Powell would be the governor of the botch game. Like he would be the one that would be checking and and inform, like sort of like Stat Boy on um, around the horn. Right. Tony Reale. He'd be the one to check and. Here's what we got wrong, and he'd be the one to inform us after at the end of the week. Here's who got botches this week. He would be in charge of that. We could certainly point something out and say, Brian, I think that counts as a botch if we so chose right. during the course of the show. Um, but it's his his call would be final call as to whether or not something was a botch. 
you good with it? Do we want to do it? Do we want to? What do we? What do we, what do we say? Sure. Cool. All right, everybody's in. Very good. We'll play the botch game starting uh, starting next week. We'll say next week's show is sure. the first starting, one. Starting right now. Right now. Oh my god, I wanted to get everything wrong. Oh damn it. Well, how'd you guys feel about the main event of Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> versus Mr. Perfect? I so, thought it was... Oh, so does that count as two botches because both of them weren't there? <laughs> Even though people thought Stone Cold was going to show uh, up this which week. Which is weird. That was super weird. Um, okay, so now we've done that. Raw this week. Uh, obviously, <laughs> there's a few places we could start, but I think we know where we're going to start. LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball. Um... I'm going to say a couple things really quickly because I know that AJ is going to make a point that's it's it's relevant. I saw you do this on Twitter and it is relevant. We'll talk about that. Lavar Ball needs to be a character in WWE. Oh, he is a that character is in WWE. Lavar Ball is amazing. Like <laughs> the way they used him was horrendous. They oh. had no idea what they were getting into. They 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 tried to make him the face, which like well that was a what dumb decision. I, I, like the the only thought process is oh Lonzo's in L.A. So right. clearly they're like no, there's no chance. Do you guys know anything about this guy's Lamar the biggest heel. That was like when they tried to make Floyd a, a face. Right. I mean, it's just like it's not. It, it's actually worse than trying well, to make Floyd a face. Like yeah. I mean, they, like it. Lavar Ball is not a face. He's amazing, and he's the perfect heel. For right. F's sake, he's a great dude. When he ripped his shirt off, <laughs> oh my god! I wanted to jump up and just high five everybody in my room because it was the most amazing thing I had seen in some time on television. It was a glorious moment. They just, I, I couldn't believe that they were so unaware of like reality that they thought that a tying Lavar Ball to Dean Ambrose was somehow going to work and be a thing. That's that was a really dumb idea. Uh, also. He has a brand. Isn't there somebody else on WWE programming that has a brand? Well, they were tweeting about it. They were, that's how it yeah, they had pictures together backstage. Right. Wouldn't there have been a lot of logic between the Titus brand and the Big Baller brand of who's the better brand? Wouldn't but, that but, have but made more sense? No, but here's the thing, though. The segment with LeVar Ball went off the rails because LeVar Ball just did whatever the fuck he wanted to well, once he got out. And that is yes, true, too. That yes, is true. that's obvious. And so they understood going into it that Miz in that situation would, is probably the best person to try to, to, to handle. Him. Okay. All yes, right. that's right. the reason why. Right. That that's, was clear to me why they did that. I don't think that Titus wouldn't be capable of doing that. And I also think that you probably could have gotten him more. I think that without LeVar Ball and understanding kayfabe, to sell him on the idea of we're going to have you compete to see who's got the better brand, I think that he, but not even knowing that he was in kayfabe, would have been able to sell that. Oh, because, he would have cut a great promo. Right, genuinely, yeah. he would have said, well, I want to prove that I've got the better brand than this fake non-existent brand that exists only in your imagination. Like, I still think he would have been able well, to buy into the, that. Don't, also, the only problem with your, with your plan is that it's not the Titus brand anymore. It's Titus Worldwide. I'm, you know what? Now that you say it that way. I, well, is, damn. Yeah, that is that is relevant. That <laughs> Ruins is, everything. That is relevant. Um, of course, it still sets him up as him as the face. Right, right. Which is, which is the bigger problem. Um, look, man, I I loved LeVar Ball being there. I think they would have been better off not having Lonzo well, actually, be there. Actually, you just made a point that I needed to, I wanted to bring up this week anyway. Yes. Um, Titus Brand is not a heel group. No. Oh, no. Not They're at faces. all. Correct. They are faces. Which is also and why I, I thought and, that could have worked. It really didn't make sense. I didn't realize that until this week when Akira Tozawa was out at ringside versus Neville, and then T and Titus came out to pub up the match, 
And it was clear that Titus, I mean, obviously Titus is pubbing his client. Right. But the Titus brand, uh, this whole time we were expecting Apollo Crews to flip and become a huge no. match Titus. No, Titus but is a face. Titus is a face. He's genuinely helping his clients. He's improving. <laughs> Akira Tozawa was nothing <laughs> until he got with, with Titus, or with, uh, yeah, with Titus O'Neil. Titus is a face. There's, this is not, you're, what you're saying is inarguable. Nothing they have done so to this Aaron, point. So Aaron just got a botch, right? Is Why? Because I said Aaron Titus was a heel. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I think he's still there's technically enough a heel there. That there. That there. I, I think yeah. that he could be heading towards face, though. Yes. No, he's right. definitely a face. There is AJ is a thousand percent right about this. Titus O'Neil is a face, period. Period. He's a face. The Titus worldwide is a face faction. Uh, Akira Tozawa is very clearly a face. Yes. Apollo Crews, they've done nothing to make him a heel other than just have him hang out. With Titus O'Neil, who at the time was a heel, they haven't had him do anything that was particularly like he was the reasonable one at first. With Titus supposed to being a heel, they're, they're faces, bro. They're they're this is a face faction, this group. And first of all, it's great because of course it's great because Titus O'Neil's great. And so, I, I, anyway, sorry, I love it. I love it. I so, love so Aaron gets a botch for saying that Levar Ball. <laughs> that will be that will be Brian Powell's would've, would've decision. Been. Would have been, he said LeVar Ball would have been the face <laughs> in that situation, which makes Titus the heel, which means Aaron gets a botch, and I'm counting it. All right, Brian, Paul, Brian Paul, you better fucking... <laughs> you can't intimidate the judges here. Right. <laughs> Can we dovetail this into the conversation about Curtis Axel? Yes. Okay. I have it here if we need Okay. It. Actually, AJ, do you want to say the thing about the N-word? Do you want to say the thing that you tweeted about the other day? I, it's just, I mean, literally Vince McMahon said nigga on air. Before, so it's like I want to make sure everybody understands that was AJ. That was AJ who just saying said that. that. That was not Aaron so or myself. Like, so it's like to to then come out. Like I get it. It's a it's a different world than it was yes. when he did it. And they're they're public and and they you know it's PG era now and all that shit. But like to come out and say we're against this blah 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 when there's actual video evidence. Yeah, of it's your not a great look. No. Of yeah. your fucking CEO yeah. doing the exact same thing. Not not a great look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right. Um, now, let's touch on Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel went on a... First, he tweeted something. Yeah. Then he went on a radio show the next morning and had some comments about LeVar Ball. All right. First, uh, you know, it, it talked about the, the, the dropping the N-word thing, and he said some stuff about that. But then afterwards, in, in the midst, he said this. And yeah, I was watching it backstage and I was embarrassed. Growing up in the family business like this and seeing some guy, the whole family to me, granted, you know, the kid's going to be a superstar or whatever, but the dad and the other guy, they do this on a program where my family's busted their ass. It embarrasses me and it pisses me off. It sucks. They went off on their own and did whatever they did to hype themselves up, so I was disgusted with the whole thing. Okay. Literally, the guy, literally, Curtis Axel was in a match, got involved in a match that had a giant man dressed as a teddy bear. A week well, ago. I don't remember what you, I don't think that happened, did it? Did he, and, did he and, actually and, dressed and, up and, as a teddy bear? I don't remember and, that. And he said, and he said that he's embarrassed by what Lavar Ball and his family did, and he was a teddy bear last week. Okay, I think there's a couple of things here. I think that Curtis Axel probably doesn't like Lavar Ball. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you don't like Lavar Ball. Most people I, don't. I think you show your ass when you try to suggest. You know, they're embarrassing my family. Dog, do you know, I mean, did you watch anything when you were growing up? This has gone on. They have done these types of things forever. As long as wrestling has existed, they have done this type of thing. 
This is not new. This is not unique. This is not any of that stuff. Wasn't his dad in WCW when Jay Leno and his dad feuded with Master P? Right. (laughs) Right now, in fairness, at least Master P came over and attempted to be a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like you can make the argument, sort of, sort of. You know what I mean? At least like it wasn't a one-time thing with Master P where he just showed up for a week to 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 get some pub. He actually was involved with storyline and all that crap. But the 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 point still being. This has existed. As long as there has been wrestling, there has been this. Because it's wrestling. Hell, even in real sports, we let Tim Tebow run around and pretend to be a baseball player and promote him. Promote him. So that AJ can go watch him play in Florida. Um, This stuff happens all the time. The family business crap doesn't fly. There's no defense of what Curtis Axel said, period. If he had said, I don't like LeVar Ball, I thought it was dumb, Okay, you probably stand in line with about a million other people that didn't think that it was. I take if you thought that was dumb. I, I don't know what you were watching. It was great. It was wonderful. Levar Ball was amazing. He should be doing professional. You could say it was worthless because it yeah, pretty it much really, was. It didn't really help anything. But you know That's what? I, and I'm going to say this to people who thought it was the worst segment ever. For one reason, it wasn't, and the Miz did not look bad in the situation. They did not have Levar go physically over on the Miz. That's a good point. That would have been bad. Th- that would have been yeah. bad, and that. I was expecting that to happen. Right. I expected LeVar to shove Miz down. Right. This, I is expected like, this is like a flow ride and having to go over actual professional wrestlers. Yes. Right. Uh, so for that reason alone, it was not the worst. Correct. Correct. They did and better the than they could. the fact that it was incredibly entertaining. It was very entertaining. If you're not entertained by LeVar Ball ripping off his shirt, I don't, I'd have nothing for you. If you don't think that's funny, if you don't think that's amazing television, I don't know what you like. Turn to the Home and Garden Network or something. I have, I have no clue what it is that you're looking for in the world if you don't find that entertaining. That was incredible. And his kids laughing at him oh, in the that, process. Oh, that was the best. It's, it's amazing what you're watching. It's so stupid entertaining. I was, surprised how no many, I was surprised how many wrestling fans did not know who LeVar Ball was. That well, was I the, mean, that's... Fine. A lot of wrestling fans didn't know who Snooki was either. Right. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying it genuinely surprised me because I thought LeVar Ball was a, a little transcendent more transcendent figure at this yeah. point. I hear you. But there's a lot of wrestling fans that don't know about anything else that's going right. on in the world. They know about wrestling and nothing else. Correct. They could tell you what Kimberly's new name is now that she's in the WWE, despite the fact that she hasn't been on effing TV yet. But they don't know who LeVar Ball is. That's just the Abby way that Lake. it goes. Yes, that is correct. Um, I, look, I, Curtis Axel, I think, could, if. He would have a leg to stand on if he said, there's a lot of us that have been trying to bust our ass and we're not getting opportunities, and it's just a bummer that, you know, like, th- that some guys aren't getting out. If they, like, at least he would have some moral high ground that you could give to him. He's got nothing here. There's no- this is Donald Trumpian. There is zero relevancy to what it is that Curtis Axel had to say. It's, it's so not based in- You're so far away from fact that you can't even listen to his argument. Your family's business has been like this Forever. Forever. Constantly. And you know what was good for all the boys in the back? Was that perhaps there were some people who tuned on Raw on Monday night that wouldn't otherwise watch wrestling because they heard that Lonzo and LeVar Ball were going to be there. I don't know how that did for ratings. I don't know if it meant that there were 100,000 more people or a million more people or whatever it was that we were watching. But that rubs off on everyone in the process. And that's why the WWE does it. This was, at, at worst, innocuous. At best... A fairly entertaining segment. Yes, it went off the rails a little bit. Clearly, that wasn't what they intended to do. It was kind of messy. It was sloppy, the whole thing. But it was good. It got eyeballs on the product. And Curtis Axel has no, no argument unless he's so far into it that that's also kayfabe. 
That's the only thing that I can possibly give him, is that if he's so far down the rabbit hole that going on a radio show is to him kayfabe to try to get over on LeVar Ball, to try to get some rub, okay, well then he's good, good for you and being a showman, good for you and being somebody that can sell. So that's that. You know, it's what it is. I, if you didn't like that, I got nothing for you. All right, next. I thought the Josh Duhamel segment was way worse. Or oh my God, it was, what was that? Yeah. He just sort of showed up, like, hey, Josh He showed Duhamel. up, they didn't advertise him, they had him talking about nothing over a yeah, match and talking about meeting Vince McMahon backstage, which you know Vince was flipping out about when he heard that line. Man, that's so weird. So, so weird. Um, okay, um, a couple other things. I don't, I don't, I mean, he, he was showed genuine interest in the product, which is more than a lot of people that come on the show do, so I, I don't think that was that big of a deal. I don't think it was a big deal. I just didn't get it. Like, that's all. I just didn't. It was weird. It was just that there was no announcement. There was no. It's just suddenly, hey, Josh Dumel's here. Like, you got a movie coming up. You know, like, it was just a weird. It's just weird to me. That's all it was. Um, the Enzo and Cass thing. I, I'm going to. I can't believe people actually thought that that was, that was going to play out the way. People really thought Enzo and Cass. It was, it was the Mark Henry buddy. thing all over again. I got to be. I gotta, I'll be the one. Ben Aaron legitimately believed that they were joining back together. There was a second where I wondered. Like, there was a second where I thought, is there any chance they didn't like the reaction from the last week and they just changed their mind? Like, there was a second where I wondered. Now, I I always assumed it was going to somehow end the way that they did, but they did it for what they were attempting to do. They did a very nice job. The only way it would have actually been real is if they cut to another scene while they were in the ring. As soon as it showed them getting out of the ring and about to walk up the ramp, I said right. he's going yeah. to attack at the top of the ramp. That's right. exactly how it's going to play out. And that's exactly what happened. Well, it, like I said, it's just like the Mark Henry thing in that in the back of our minds, we knew what Mark Henry was doing with John Cena that whole time, but it was sold so convincingly that there were there were little, oh, no, 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 little no, moments no, of no, doubt. No, 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 no. This was nothing like that Mark Henry thing. Mark Henry literally had people upset because they thought he was going to retire, and it was the end. Oh, it was way better. The Mark Henry thing was way better. But yes. I'm saying it was in the in the fact that we all, even with the Mark Henry thing, we knew that this was almost certainly a work. He wasn't actually retiring, but he did it so well you, that we were. know that? We didn't I, know. No, you're right. We didn't well, know. Well, just like we didn't know that this one was going to be for sure how it was ending. We No, 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 but it's a huge difference. Mark Henry was at, at the end of he was still at a had a 20-year career at that point. He was in a fucking bright pink suit to the nines. He uh John Cena wasn't even in the ring when the whole thing started. Okay. John Cena came out later. It like it, I, I I will rephrase then. To me, when he the moment Mark Henry came out for that segment, I thought it was a work. And I was convinced it was a work. There were a couple of moments there that I was like, huh, they're, sell- they're doing this really well. This could serve it. Just like this time, I was convinced the moment it happened, this is a work, this is a work, this is a work. When they hugged, I was like, man, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're stringing it out for another month. Maybe they're going to have them, you know, retail episode of Cass can turn on in again in, in a month or something like that. But that's why I compared it to, because again, it was something that I had preconceived notions of it. But it was done so well that there are elements of doubt yeah, creeped I, in. I think what I think I'm cl- uh, look. I I agree with you. The Mark Henry thing is one of the great. I think it's one of the most underappreciated moments in 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 recent WWE history. I think it was perfection. 
I, I think, think this was close to perfection. I think this was good. I think this. I don't. Was, I think this. I was don't good. think this was anywhere close to Mark Henry. I, again, if you're putting it in that context, I think that's tough because I genuinely believe the Mark Henry thing was so good that it deserves to be in the Hall of Fame of moments. It's one of the great sells in professional wrestling history. I think this was good. I don't think it was Mark Henry good. Again, but that has more to do with Mark Henry than it has to do with this. I think this can be good and stand on its own as a. They did a nice job of selling get what they were given. And and trying to make it viable to the point where you might say to yourself, maybe this really is what they're doing, um, even if there was the ninety eight percent of your brain that still believed it wasn't. Whereas on the flip side, the Mark Henry thing, you started to get to the where the majority thought process, like the the, it was a better than fifty fifty proposition in your mind that he was actually retiring. Even if they gave you a two percent belief that perhaps this was real, I think that was more than you could viably have had because I think they did a good job with the segment. I still. Don't yeah. like where it's going. I'm still. Yeah. I know you and our buddy Ben from Awesome Con. I've got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm with starting. Ben. I'm starting to think you might be a nerd. I just. I just. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but you get into a lot of fights. I'm. I'm with Al Snow. I don't know why you don't just sit back and enjoy the program, man. It's I, nerds <laughs> like you. It's God. nerds like you that you bitch about everything. About it. you, God, it's con- you're too close it's to familiarity the breeds content. I just like sitting back and nothing. me and Al Snow. We're <laughs> two like minds. Nothing about what you're saying makes any sense. Literally, my entire argument with Ben is that Ben is already determined before this past week's segment, before anything, that they, that Enzo can't draw money without Cass in the tag team. Meanwhile, Enzo was the entire reason they drew money in the first place. Cass literally added nothing to the group other than saying soft. Right. The, cu- the cup of haters? Who who bought those cups? Who bought those cups? <laughs> <laughs> But my point is, I'm gonna sit back and allow them to do what they're gonna do with a big cast. Maybe Enzo flops, maybe yeah, he flies, I, but I, you're just my, gonna ride the wave. My point is, I'm just gonna enjoy the show the way a good wrestling fan would. <laughs> unlike you know nerds like you that just think you know everything. Uh, I think you're talking to Ben, and I'm. <laughs> well, you're the one talking about someone bringing money to the table. Who cares about money if you're a, a true I'm, viewer? I'm, obviously, I'm having quite a bit of fun right now. Um, I, look, I if as far you as you realized that everything you just said was talking to Ben, Aaron. I never. No, said you're that you're the would... one who's saying that Enzo brings the money to the table. No, no, no. I said that as a response to him saying that Enzo couldn't draw money by himself. The moral Dumb of this story. <laughs> Is that in the context of the argument you were having with our friend Ben from AwesomeCon, who we like, Ben Penrod, um, the, the point is I would side with you in that argument. The notion that this is going to be worse for Enzo than it is for Cass, it makes no sense to me. Like, I, what do you think that Cass is bringing to the table other than he's big and you think that Vince Here's, McMahon likes big and, guys. And, and, here, and that's the argument. It's not that Enzo can't. It's that Enzo won't be given the opportunity. It's the same thing, you know, if we're looking at the Except most... Except that Enzo sells t-shirts. Enzo does Except, sell t-shirts. And also the fact that Enzo will be the next cruiserweight champion. Or it could be. He could, could do that. Or he could, he could go he do can, a number of things. But that, that involves... Vince investing him, and I think there is reason to question whether Vince will invest that there, much. In okay, him. you're right. You're right. There's reason to question it because Akira Tozawa sells so many T-shirts. Akira Tozawa hasn't done anything either. Let, let's be clear. And he's been on TV for six months now, and this is the first any sort of mild rub he's getting I, I, right but now. But I think that I think that AJ's right. AJ's point is that the notion the it's one thing for you to say like it doesn't really make sense that they're giving a push to Akira Tozawa unless they think that he can help in a foreign market something along those lines. But there's a there's a logical reason to do it with Enzo, which because is because he draws money. Right, he's already a proven money maker. Like he's he's proven that so far. 
it's why, again, it's why I don't think any of this who makes else, sense. Who, what other face on, two, on 205 Live or in the Cruiserweight division in general draws any money from merchandise? Uh, very few. I mean, that's, I can't name that's, one. Exactly. Right. That's my point. That's why Enzo is going to go into the Cruiserweight division and he's going to run the Cruiserweight division. He's going to be the person that takes the belt from Neville and he's going to be the Cruiserweight champion and he's going to draw a lot of money in the process and he's going to sell a lot of fucking t-shirts and it's going to be good business for everyone around. I don't have any problem qualms with that at all. If, if I don't, that's how it happens, right. I hope that's how I don't, it happens. I don't know that's going to be the first thing to do with them because I think there's other. I, like I don't. I've said this. I don't know why you couldn't have Ends Show be a tag team. I actually think that's great. I love that. I love Ends Show. I think it's fun. The Big Show's fun. If you want to do something with him, you can do that for a little. I think there's a million things we can do with Enzo. I think the argument that this screws Enzo, I, I, AJ. I'm way way more on AJ's side of this. Big Cass is big. There's eight other guys he's, that are big. He's That's big. They've, they've shown the will. You know, they, they put him in that number one they contender match. They put him in match. one number one contender well, match. Well, but that's more than they've ever shown for you Enzo as a single star. You think they're elevating him past all of the other guys that are big right now. I don't think, you, I, you know, I, I think this ends up, quite frankly, I think this ends up like the New Age Outlaws. I think it ends up where they do it to, if I had to guess, and this is not how I would do it, you know, they do it, they try to push Cass, just like they tried to push Billy Gunn, it fails. And they don't, I don't, just don't know if they have a lot of faith in Enzo as a singles wrestler. You keep saying this. I, and and you're right, I said, I'm, which is why I'm saying, I don't know. My, my, I hope not. And, there, and as AJ is pointing out, there's all the reasons in the world not to. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that they've never shown, you know, whenever they've but had a... But he doesn't have to be a wrestler either. I, I know this okay, is going to Okay, well, sound- okay. And that's why, if they're going to make him a manager... That might be best case scenario for him. I, I, but also, also what? the reason they it's never definitely not showed, best case scenario. Well, not best reason, case scenario. But. The reason why they also never showed put like potential in him as a singles wrestler is because he was on a fucking tag team. They only showed potential in Cass as a singles wrestler when Enzo got hurt. That is true. It's true. I mean that that's. But uh, also, also in the past, where they've had six man also, tags or whatever, they would always Enzo would be the one left out of it. They they very clearly okay, thought more in ring. Do, what I, does that have to do with a, being a singles wrestler and a six man tag? I'm saying that whenever they had, basically whenever they had a chance to choose, we want to pick one of these guys wrestling and not the other. It was Cass. But wrestling. you're doing an apples right. to oranges you're thing at, right you're, now. You're, you're, really, you're doing exactly. apples to oranges. Nobody is suggesting that Enzo is going to become the world heavyweight champion. That's not happening. Oh, but, but he will he, become the cruiserweight champion. Or he very well could become the cruiserweight could. champion. He's, the, right. he's the only person, he's the only face that's 205 pounds that isn't named Kalisto that can draw any money off merch. Big Cass can't become the cruiserweight champion. The only place to put Cass is in the mix for the World Heavyweight Championship. And he's which not, or, he's a, or upper and, mid car. I mean, he but does, no, yeah. he's he's not, doesn't but yes. stand out okay. in any way from that group. He's just right. a guy. And right now, the upper mid card consists on Raw consists of Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe after he's done this feud with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Finn Balor. Finn I don't know if you've heard of him. He's kind of a big deal right now. He is kind of a Fairly big significant. Deal. The Miz. Bro. Are you familiar with his work? The I, I, Miz. I have heard of The Miz. Again, yeah, bro. I, are you? Are, I'm not, I'm are not, you? Are you aware of? I'm not against you guys here. The but Cass is seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. And to Vince, that matters. I, I, right. But he doesn't, but he's not going to ever be in the realm in t- of Unstrong. It matters until you become Drew McIntyre, and they just don't know what they're doing with you. But even Drew you. McIntyre, he, was the tr- he got opportunities before they decided not. I'm saying, I don't think, again, I don't think Cass is going to succeed. I do think they're going to give him some big opportunities. Like what? What do you think they're going to have him do? I think, 
maybe not world title. I could get see mid card run and be in that main event picture. Just like Billy Gunn, could, just like Billy Gunn got the singles you, match with you, the Rock right after the breakup. You think? I think. I think. I the one thing I will agree is because of his push, he's going to get a push. They're going to have to give him something. Enzo. They can't yeah, just have I him think, sit around. I think Enzo's going to be the person that takes the belt from the Miz or whoever. I'm not the Miz. Whoever you mean, the Miz. You mean, you mean Cass. Cass? Yeah, you mean Cass. Cass. I mean, yeah, Cass. Sorry, sorry. Cass. Whatever is, face beats the Miz, then you yeah, have Cass exactly. beat them. Yeah, okay. That's what I think. That's how I think that's going to work out for uh, Cass. But I think just like when uh, Ezekiel fucking Johnson or whatever the fucking Jackson. name was. Jackson. Ezekiel Jackson was Intercontinental Champion. And fucking Wade Barrett was Intercontinental Champion. And fucking uh, Big E before think, he Did Orlando Jordan, Jordan get an Intercontinental title US run title. US, US title. title. Thank you. US like, title. I, I think as soon as that title run is done, he's going to flounder back. And Enzo's still going to be the same funny, shit-talking little bastard who's going to be running the fucking Cruiserweight division. And who... Because and who can sell T-shirts, and who can put other people over, and is and valuable. I, I, I hope you're right. I, but you keep saying we hope you're right. Like that we're not making the. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. It's also we're talking about Vince here. Okay, but again, what do you think it's that Vince is going to spit in the face of a guy that makes him money? Do you think that Vince is going to purposely say "f that guy"? I'm not doing. I'm Daniel Bryan. He didn't spit in his face. He uh, when he, when the yes shirts for say he intentionally when they were selling the yes shirts stopped change it to the no because he was getting too far over. Uh, and and what happened from there? How did that work out? It went down until he got into hell no, and then he slowly started making his way back up. Like don't don't pretend that Vince McMahon did not try to hold. You just the Bryan argument down. that you just made is that the problem for Enzo is that he could become Daniel Bryan. No, the problem. Do, is you just that, that, like that, that's what you just said. No, that the, the, the the issue. What could happen to Enzo? And God, how horrible would be if he became Daniel Bryan? Well, no, but it's an example God. of Vince McMahon trying to hold them back. Okay. It, 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 it's a fact. It's a fact. He okay. did try to. We we we're all in agreement here that he okay. did try to hold. And or he tried to do something different with Daniel Bryan. It was trying to hold him. Like let's be very clear. That's your opinion. Right. That's your opinion. I I, I don't. I, I'm not comfortable with saying hold him back. He wanted what he wanted out of the storyline that they were doing, and he didn't want Daniel Bryan to be a top face in the front. What he didn't do is say we're not going to give Daniel Bryan anything because. He, he's successful, and, and that's... You're insane. They, he didn't do anything with him for four months after he dropped the World Heavyweight title. He had the one match with CM Punk, and then between May it's and September... It's a pretty significant thing. I, I, I'm saying, and but that was it. As soon as the yes chance started, he did not... Or whatever, for whatever reason... Daniel Bryan floundered until he got back with Kane, which was in about September, I believe. I, I don't I, in, I in that range, one one month, one month. I couldn't here possibly or there. tell you when it was. So what, one month, it might not have been September. So there's not. It, it's within the September range, one month here or there that he found. But there was a period there where I don't know if he was off TV altogether, but he wasn't doing I much. I don't remember that being the okay. case at all. I don't either. And also on top of that, Enzo Amore. Name me one person that is a face in the cruiserweight division that has sold any merch. I can't. Right. I can't. It makes all the sense in the world. What you're saying makes all the sense in the world, so and yet there I have doubts. I, Why? I'm baffled by this. I'm really baffled by this. Why? You you think that genuinely Vince McMahon is going to say, Would, this guy has made me money. I'm just going to say he can go F himself. Not when necessarily, there's other but guys, I, but there's other guys I'm paying and giving opportunities to, like Jack Gallagher, like Rich Swan, like Cedric Alexander. By the way, like, who are all great. Let me make that very all, clear. All, I don't, I'm not shitting on any of those guys because they're all wonderful, and it's a shame that they're not bigger. But they're not drawing any merch money anywhere near the level 
that Enzo is. I, I'm so befuddled by this. Like, you genuinely believe he's just going to say, that, screw that guy. He's done. He's, he's, he's not going to say he's done. He's going to flounder. He's going to be an... I, I think there is a, a world that exists that he is a... Not a Curtis Axler or a Bo Dallas, but he is an Apollo Crews. I, well, I mean, that, I think Apollo Crews has actually and, had and legitimate here, matches. And, and, here's the, and here's why that won't happen, Aaron. What does Apollo Crews not do? He does not sell merch. He doesn't sell merch. I, guess, guess what Bo Dallas doesn't do? Well, Bo Dallas, those t-shirts were awesome. I, how dare you, okay. sir? How dare awesome. you, sir? They were awesome. Did he sell half as much merch as Enzo has? Had, did he sell a third of the mer- merch that Enzo has? Did he sell one-tenth of the amount of merch that Enzo has? Probably not. I don't have the numbers in okay. front of me, so I'm not going. I think it's going. a safe bet that <laughs> he didn't. Okay. I, again, the point of all this being, nobody thinks that Enzo is about to get a huge singles push unless it's, it's AJ's argument Live. and it's on 205 Live and it says the Cruiserweight Champion. I don't. Nobody thinks that Enzo is about to become Intercontinental Champion and get a massive singles push towards the top of the card out of this. That would be insane. If you think that's what they're doing with Cass, you got to tell me how you think that's happening. I, I, you got to tell me how you think that this is. That if there's a guy I'm worried about in this, it is 1,000% Cass, who is has done nothing to suggest that he offers you anything more than any other guy that you've already put in these circumstances. All you have is two shows full of guys that are big Cass's size, if not bigger, and better. And more interesting, more compelling, and have already been further along than Big Cass has. So tell me what it is that's going to suggest to you that he is going to stand out in that group. Nothing. But that, uh, you know, I, I go back to the New Age Outlaws because it is the most obvious comparison here. You have a similar dynamic here. And I go back to that, and there was nothing to suggest Billy Gunn would have anything, and they tried because Vince loved Billy Gunn's look. Well, and Billy Gunn was also friends with the right people. Well, so was. Road dog, to be fair. I mean, that's fine, but the, Billy, the Big Cass isn't like Buddy. I, I know. Uh, maybe, I was going to say, I don't maybe, know. maybe he is. Maybe he's super good friends, and they're just going to force the issue no matter what, and it's going to be Seamus. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm baffled by any argument that Enzo wouldn't be in a better place than Cass would be, other than to suggest that Cass is going to be higher on the card because he's going to get an opportunity. But the, Yeah, the, well, that's all it is. It's opportunity. It's not that no, Cass will do better, Enzo won't. It is simply, I believe that Cass will get opportunities. And that, and I've never said that wasn't the case. I'm yeah. just saying I'm just saying to to suggest that Enzo can't draw more merch money, which is the entire argument that I was having with Ben, was that Enzo can't make more money without Cass, or that Enzo's not going to be able to to flourish without Cass is pre- preposterous. It's I, yeah. I, it's it's truly baffling. I mean, it's it's one of the more insane things that Literally, you can argue. Cup of haters, certified G, how you doing? You can't teach that. Literally all of those t-shirts are Enzo. And you think he couldn't Cass- come up with another six? And then, and then yeah. Cass has soft, which also was created. Which, by the by way, who- is going to go away <laughs> right? because he's a heel that, That's a pop. You can't have the pop. So what does he have? Exactly. He's seven He's foot one tall. of the 50 big guys that are on the seven show. Foot tall. How many seven-footers? How's that working for Luke Harper? Well, he's bigger than Luke Harper, isn't he? I'm, I'm assuming, but Luke Harper's a big motherfucker. He's big. He's How's big. that working for him? But he's not seven foot tall. I mean, and you can, so maybe you silly. can teach so six nine. <laughs> All right, let's knock out the rest of Raw right now. Um, so I, here's a goofy thing. I like 
I really, I've made this very clear. I love the Drifter. I'm all in, right? I am, I'm a 10 and a half on Elias Samson. I don't know why I really don't like Elias Samson and Finn Balor. I really don't like it. And I don't know if that's because I feel like it's beneath Finn. I don't know. I just, yes. I, I don't see it. Why? Yeah, it's the funny thing. Why would I say that if I love the Drifter, right? If I love Elias Samson, then I shouldn't feel as though it's beneath Finn Balor, right? I don't, I just, I'm not feeling it in any way. I don't know what it is. I don't feel it. It just, it, it, yeah. He's also just not a good foil for, like, the, the, the personality is like, you, you want someone who, I guess, for, for Samson. Who, you want someone to, that doesn't get booed more than everyone else when he comes to the ring? I mean, no. he's nuclear. You're right. No, 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 I, no, no. I, again, when, AJ, understand, let me make this very clear. I'm saying it doesn't make sense that I feel this way. I'm not trying to make an argument for why I feel this way. I, you're going to make all the right arguments. I love Elias. He's very much over as a heel. Finn's a top face. It make, you know, like, there's a lot going on there. I just I don't know what it is. I'm not feeling it in any way. It's goofy. I did, however, feel Matt Hardy doing. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that, was, yes, that was a 10. Pretty amazing. That, that was pretty that great. That needs to I happen again. That. They need to run the house show circuit with that oh, because so that's wonderful. just glorious. So wonderful. Um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't really have anything else to say because I'm going to make uh, the only arguments I can make are really damning to my <laughs> point. But I, I'm admitting that it doesn't make sense that this is the, the way that I feel. It makes no sense that I feel this way. I just, it's a goofy thing, man. I just, for some reason, I'm not feeling it. Um, that being said, I am feeling the way that they have treated Samoa Joe. And I am feeling the fact that while I still don't believe there's any chance that he's beating Brock Lesnar, much like I said with Ginger Mahal and Randy Orton, they have done everything necessary to make it very viable that Samoa Joe could beat Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. I, I, still, yeah. I still struggle with it. Like, I still can't fathom them doing anything other than having Brock Lesnar be the champion going into SummerSlam. But there's no way that if for some, somehow Samoa Joe to win, you would say anything other than, yeah, okay, that makes sure. You've done everything you could possibly do in order to make it seem like Samoa Joe is a viable candidate to defeat Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. Remarkable. Yeah, and uh, Joe, it's it. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Joe after this, because Joe is going to come out of this. I like I said, I, I don't see him winning. Just like you said, I don't see him winning. But coming out of this, do we go to Joe Finn Balor? Do we go to Joe Dean Ambrose? Right. Do we go to Joe? Uh, do we do Joe Brock again? Are they so? Have they? Are they bought in on this to the point where they think they could do it again well, at SummerSlam? That, that would nothing, I mean, Joe's no. winning. I mean, yeah, that would, no. it would have to involve that, right? There's no. There's you can't. There's nothing you can tell me right now. It's that not going to be Reigns Lesnar. That it's not a Rock. I'm Brock and uh, Roman, Roman. Yeah. SummerSlam. There's no. There's nothing. That no, I mean, I, I don't know why you have Roman Reigns come out and do what he did if you're not doing that. I mean, I. Could you sell me on a Samoa Joe Roman Reigns match? You could, but this is SummerSlam we're talking about. Could do it. Could I sell you on a John Cena Roman Reigns match? Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. But here's the problem, though. What would the crowd do? Right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) who does the crowd? Does does the crowd just boo everybody? Probably. (laughs) They probably would. Um, And also, I mean, how? How are you doing that math? I mean, the free agency throws a lot. I understand, but somebody's got to get a. If Roman Reigns is the number one contender. Then John well, Cena has to get a belt. Well, but is he the 
and and granted, I didn't see the full because I, I didn't I didn't get to see. I mean, they the were pretty. They, were, were they were they pretty? This past week, you mean? No, no, the the, the week. Before. The week before, they were they went from Roman Reigns declaring himself to be the number one, one contender, contender to other wrestlers declaring him the number one contender. Okay, so so other years. other wrestlers kind of accepted it. I mean, like it was okay, fair enough. Which was my problem. That was what we talked about last week. That okay, nobody else wants to be the number one contender around here. Like, how do you not just okay then just yeah. for the sake of it have Braun Strowman say we've got a match. Why don't we make it to become the number one contender at SummerSlam? Like, I, I'm so baffled by that. But I, I mean, it's they were now they were less this week. It was very clear. I mean, they Braun, were less. Braun uh, lawn darting Roman was pretty right, awesome. It was less authoritative. Authoritative. What am I looking for? It was less. There was less definitive. Authority, yeah, definitive. That Roman Reigns is definitely the number one contender going to SummerSlam. But I, I don't think you do. I, what I could see. Braun winning the ambulance match and using that to say I should also be in the match at SummerSlam and it being a triple threat okay, at SummerSlam. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's viable. But again, what's the argument for Roman Reigns being in the match at that point? Where is Roman Reigns' argument for being the number one contender? It's his yard. He if he loses, he beat Undertaker. He just gets to do whatever he wants. That, that's that? his whole argument to this point. I guess so. so. Yeah, I, I guess mean, nothing has, change. Change. Right, nothing has changed. Why are we pretending that's not a good argument? I understand what you're saying, and like in theory, but at the same point, like <laughs> he just it's, lost a number one contender right. match. Like, why is it that the guy that wins the match has to argue his way in? Like, the guy that wins should probably be the number one contender. He uh, is. That's why he's facing Brock Lesnar and. And Roman Reigns in that scenario, who just gets to, to hang out and continue to be in that mix for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I'm all in on how they've treated Samoa Joe. I'm all in on that. I think that's been wonderful. And then the only other thing that uh, jumped out at me, obviously you have the, the women uh, were in the main event on Monday night. and They made Nia look fantastic. They made Nia look mm-hmm. really, uh, that, that was really the best good. she's looked since coming up to the main roster. It was it was perfect. Really good. Really good. Um, Not sure how I feel about the tap out, but that, that's nitpicking there. Why? What do you mean? Yeah, just I, I, I would have preferred to see her pinned than tap. Just because tap out usually is a more definitive thing, even if it is after five things. And mm. it, it's yes, but a pin would be fine too. That again, I said that's pure nitpicking. Pure nitpicking. If you ever, if you wanted a reminder, Aaron's and, the worst. There we go. By the way, I love that it's picking up on Twitter. I, <laughs> it means a lot to me when you guys tweeted Aaron to call him the worst. Like that makes me really, really <laughs> happy. I can't tell you how much I enjoy that when, when, when folks are checking in from. Uh, uh, the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, yeah. To let us I know saw, that saw, Aaron saw that. is the worst. That makes me really happy. Um, Were you surprised that it wasn't a double countout at the end? It wasn't a some sort of smoz fish to set up the triple threat because everything no. they've done has built towards N- Naya at this no, point, and, and Naya is the the only reason why I'm not is this makes me think that Sa- Sasha's winning. Maybe not even that Sasha's winning. She might. She very well might win. Multi-person match at SummerSlam. I think it's going to be a triple threat at at SummerSlam between the three of them. That's what I think. That's why I think they're going. Because I always thought that the plan would be to go Sasha Alexa one on one at SummerSlam because that is a match. That's a SummerSlam match. That's a match everybody wants to see at SummerSlam. But I think the I think that they see the writing on the wall. And I think that even though Sasha is so over as a face, I think there would still be, because wrestling fans are assholes, there would still be people booing Sasha at SummerSlam when she won because she beat Alexa. Hmm. But I think that if she does it in a three-person match, you're able to, you know, get some of that away. Okay. All right. I mean, I can, I can certainly hear that argument. I don't know. I thought it set up for a Sasha-Naya SummerSlam match. I thought that you set that Naya... You know, there's no way. There's no 
possible way Alexa Bliss is not in the SummerSlam match. Yeah, I, 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 she I agree. So that she's turbo hot. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're right. You're right. You can't. You can't do that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Anything else from Raw? I think we touched on everything we need to. Great. I don't know what we're doing next. There's a couple things I want to do, and we, we think we're still supposed to have a guest, but we'll figure it all out. Um, I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's the main event. AJ Francis. This is jobbing out. Baltimore. It's time. Time for major golf. Time for golf's legends. Time to get up close and see it live. Get your tickets to see legends like John Daly, Colin Montgomery, and three-time defending champion Bernard Langer at this year's Constellation Senior Players, July 11th through 16th at prestigious Cave Valley Golf Club. Tickets start at only $20 and kids get in free. Visit CSPGolf.com to learn more today. Let the Aberdeen Ironbirds take all the stress out of planning your family's next night out. Introducing the Green Turtle Friends and Family Package. Get four Ironbirds tickets, four Green Turtle dinners, and four Ironbirds caps for just $49.96. That's a $208 value for $49.96. Purchase your Green Turtle Friends and Family Package online today by visiting ironbirdsbaseball.com. Your summer starts now. Back in here for segment number three, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. Well, boys, this weekend, big pay-per-view, the biggest of the year for Impact Wrestling. It is Slammiversary on Sunday night. Our next guest not only is, like, the voice of Impact Wrestling, but he is very much involved with Slammiversary in one of the most fascinating ways that anyone possibly could be so jealous he is the great josh matthews and he joins us now josh it's good to talk to you man thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this week hey guys i am excited to join you uh i am excited for sunday as well dude you're insane what are you doing getting involved with these maniacs what in the world are you doing to be in anywhere near scott steiner <laughs> and, and you're nuts well, Scott Steiner's my tag team partner. I know. Monday, he's so. nuts. I know. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's nuts. He's nuts, but uh, he's on my team, and uh, everything's going to work out just fine, <laughs> and we're going to win our match. Uh, Scott's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it. Was there a requirement that he had that you weren't allowed to put on weight? I know he hates fat asses. He's, he's you know, he's, he's going off on boards because of it. Was there anything in writing that you couldn't put on any weight before the match or anything like that? Thank you. Um, no, Scott is going to be. Uh, he he's. Um, um, sorry, I've actually lost 17 pounds since I, somebody just drove by and, and distracted me. Uh, I've actually <laughs> lost 17 pounds since uh, we decided this was going to happen. I'm taking this very seriously. Um, I've always considered myself an athlete, um, even as a broadcaster. I started out as a wrestler. Um, you know, I played football as a kid and all that stuff, so I've never really gotten away from training and stuff. I just sort of up that training as we get ready for Sunday. Is it, is it, is it any different working in a non Like, how is it different working in a non-traditional ring? Well, I got in the six-sided ring for the first time um, in India when I had my uh, little exhibition there, and I, I did the swanton bomb. Um, you kind of get a little disoriented because you're not sure of the angles. You know, you look right <laughs> to your left where you would normally hit the ropes in a four-sided ring, but it didn't take super long to kind of like, okay, you know, this is where it is, and it's, it's tighter and it's smaller, so it works for someone uh, my size. I think probably better than for someone who's bigger. 
Interesting. Interesting. I mean, so when you said you were, like, how much, and I apologize for not knowing this, how much wrestling experience did you have? Did you work the indies for a while before you were on the first Tough Enough? Oh, I I vaguely remember that. Yes, I was on the first Tough Enough in 2000, so I was 20 years old. Um, I made it to the finals. Uh, I didn't win because I think I'm 5'9", and that's why I didn't win. Um, And because Maven was, he was set to draw so much money. (laughs) That's crazy crazy talk. Uh, But I did, I left after that, and I did, I went back to college, and I was doing the indies, and um, uh, I didn't really care for him all that much, and then, um, ironically, I got a call from, Impact Wrestling, and they were going to launch their show, and it was going to be on July, uh, June 19, 2002, and it was going to be their first ever show, and then I had a contract for, I think, nine, nine or 12 shows, I can't remember, and um, I'm getting ready to go, and I'm packing my bags, like literally, and WWE called me, and they said, we kind of have a unique offer for you, we'd like for you to, to audition to be an announcer, do you have any, no, I'm sorry, I already did the, did the audition, so they said, we'd like to hire you to be an announcer. And um, I immediately accepted the job. I called Impact Wrestling, and I asked them to tear up my contract. They called me back in five minutes. They said, we tore up your contract. Good luck, and uh, have a great career. And 13 years later, now 15 years later, I'm competing at Slammiversary on Sunday. So Holy crap. life is ironic, right? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's so uh, It's that's... crazy to me because I, I, you talk about being uh, an announcer and in WWE. What did you do to Kane, and why was he always taking out his frustration? <laughs> Dude, not only Kane, but Brock Lesnar, um, uh, I think uh, Alberto, uh, at the time, Del Rio beat me up. I just, uh, Vince McMahon had a thing where he liked to watch people beat me up. <laughs> so what you're well, saying is you're, you're well prepared for this on Sunday. You, you've been through the, like, if you've been getting your ass kicked by Kane and, and now Alberto El Patron for years, you should be well prepared to step into the ring on a Sunday night. Well, the thing about it was, um, it, it was all those years, the guys, the, the guys that were actually beating me up, they thought it was great because they were like, well, you're, you're a wrestler. Like, we can do this stuff to you because, you know, you trained and, and you wrestled for a long time, and, and it's great that we, can, that we have that option to where if we wanted to, you know, get you involved in something. I think there was a point in, like, 2004 where Booker T and I had a tag team match and, and all sorts of different angles, and Impact really um, they sort of upped the game. Right now I'm competing at the pay-per-view on Sunday, but... It all started when Jeff Jarrett was at TV for the first time this year in January, and we were talking, and I didn't really know Jeff very well. We you know, had exchanged a few messages here and there, and I said, hey, when I go out, watch. They don't like me here. And he was like, oh, okay, you know, probably like, you know, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. And I went out, and they, you know, like they typically do in the impact zone, they just booed and booed and booed, and I came back at the end of the night, and Jeff said, they don't like you. They hate you. <laughs> and he said, I have an idea. And I said, okay, and we shook hands and, and walked away, and then lo and behold, here we are on the GOAT. That's amazing. You talk about Jeff Jarrett come in, coming in and how much that's changed Impact Wrestling to its core. What, what have the past six months been like for you and for the whole company? It's exciting. You know, there's a, a feeling of things changing in the air and, and, and good things coming down, you know, more so than, than ever before. Um, you know, we, we just got back from India. That was an incredible trip. Um, we had the opportunity to go there and produce four episodes of Impact in Mumbai, and it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, those are the types of things that are happening. And, um, you know, finally for the first time in, in, in quite some time through the help of Anthem Sports and Jeff Jarrett and, and, and his team of people, and it just feels, it feels good. He is, of course, Josh Matthews, and he joins us here on Jotting Out. Not only... Uh, Slammiversary on Sunday night, but also, of course, tonight, 8 o'clock, 
uh, impact on Pop TV. Josh, you know, the, you may, we talk about Jeff Jarrett. There's some huge news that came out. I don't even know if you know all about the details of how it's going to go, but uh, TNA is now taking on Global Force, or Impact Wrestling, sorry, is taking on Global Force. What does that mean for you guys, and what does that mean for us, the uh, the wrestling fans? It's a good question. Um, to your point, I don't know the ins and outs of the entire, uh, you know, transaction and the deal. Um, I know that we have these unification matches that are going to take place Sunday, uh, you know, we've got the knockouts and the GFW Women's Championship, and you have the Impact Championship versus the GFW Global Championship. I don't know what that looks like on the other end. If Lashley wins, is it all Impact? If um, El Patron wins, is it Global Force? I think uh, I think we're all going to find out together. I don't even know if we'll find out Sunday. I think we'll find out, you know, in the days and weeks after Sunday. You, you know, th there's so much cool happening on Sunday night. One of it, of course, being that, a uh, well-known football player has gotten involved with you guys, and we've got a football player um, who thinks himself a professional wrestler on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how has D'Angelo taken to um, what you guys are doing, and what, what should we expect out of him? D'Angelo is going to be awesome. He and I have a bet of who's going to have a better match. Um, <laughs> I won't disclose the amount, but we have a Well, hang on. Who decides that? Wait, 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 wait. wait. When you have a bet like that, who gets to decide? Because you're both going to walk out afterwards and say, I had the better match. We're letting one of uh, a third-party agent decide who's okay. going to okay. win. Okay, right. Yeah, who had the better match. And, you know, it all started. D'Angelo and I have been friends for, like, four or five years. And he called me and said, I want to do something with you guys. And I said, okay. Um, and now he's got a match at the pay-per-view on Sunday. There was a little more to it. But, um, you know, I met him at WrestleMania, I can't remember, maybe like 26 or 27, and uh, we became friends and we stayed in touch over the years, and, you know, and he's a free agent now. He won't tell me who he's signing with, um, and I think he's not going to sign with anyone on purpose until after Slammiversary. He's really taking this very seriously. He's training, and um, he's going to do great on Sunday. Makes sense. When you see, when you see former athletes go into um, professional wrestling – what, like, obviously they have to learn the ins and outs of the business, but, like, other than, I mean, I guess I'm saying other than natural athleticism, that's clearly a, a big factor, but, like, what is it that makes it so, makes the transition so easy for some pro athletes as opposed to, so actually, some pro athletes don't make a good transition, a la Sean Merriman, but what... What is it that makes the transition so much easier for some pro athletes as opposed to a regular Joe Schmo coming off the street? You know, that's a good question, and I think that a lot of it has to do with your passion. I mean, I, I know Sean Merriman a long time, too, and I think he's a great athlete. And how that didn't transition elsewhere, I, I don't know. And I don't know if it's passion. I know D'Angelo's been a lifelong wrestling fan, um, and, you know, guys like, I'm trying to think of other ex, I mean, Kurt Angle's a prime example coming from the Olympics. I mean, it was wrestling, obviously, but he, he's probably the most well-known to, to make the change. Brock Lesnar, um, you know, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's passion, if it's desire, if it's, you know, how quickly you learn something, you know, at, at an older age um, that you haven't been doing for years and years. There's, I mean, there's probably five, six, seven, eight different things that really play into how well you're going to be. I mean, I, was a, I mean, this isn't being like um, my ego speaking. I was a really good wrestler. I loved wrestling since I'm a kid, and I watched it and I studied it. I, I didn't watch it like a fan watched it, and I think that helps too. Yeah, for sure. Josh Matthews with us, of course. Slammiversary is Sunday night on pay-per-view. Uh, there's a lot of interesting matches on the card. We talked about D'Angelo Williams. The other one that really jumps out to me as a geeky wrestling fan 
you're, you're really starting the uh, the partnership with AAA. Drago and El Hijo del Fantasma is coming in. What's that partnership going to be like? And, and can we expect these guys to be around pretty often? I hope so, because I think it adds a different element, uh, an element of surprise, an element of, you know, when you were a kid and you watched pay-per-views, that was kind of the norm, that you would see guys from different parts of the world and different companies um, you know, I remember I, I went away from wrestling for a while, and then I watched Barely Legal from ECW, and they had guys from different companies in Japan and things like that. And I just think it makes the event feel bigger, feel feel more global. Um, I had the opportunity, it was either last year or the year before, to go down to Mexico and, and do some commentary for AAA, and they were great. Every one of them was super nice, and I think that when you find good people to work with, then, you know, why not continue that relationship and that partnership? How good, Josh? I, look, we'll talk about the the the, the seven hundred pound elephant, right? Like, and, and Aaron sort of alluded to it when he asked you the last six months. It, people have proclaimed the death of Impact Wrestling for for so long. We just had Eli on a couple weeks ago, and and we were joking about it, right? Like, you guys have been dead forever, you know? Like, nobody's been dead as long as Impact Wrestling has been dead, and yet we we have moments like this. Like, you can clearly feel this is massive coming up on Sunday night. There's a genuine feeling as though this is a huge, huge thing. Do you sit back and smile when people talk about it? Does it does it mean something to you when you guys have an event like this that you know is is just huge in the wrestling world? And how much do you laugh when when people proclaim the death of Impact Wrestling so regularly? Yeah, I think it means something for sure when you think about it that way. Um, for me, um, this company has has been here for me since I parted ways with WWE. I literally that day that WWE told me that my contract wasn't going to be renewed. Impact was in New York City. Um, I took the train down from Connecticut. I met with them, and I had a handshake deal. And I sat out my no-compete clause. And when that was over, um, they called me, like, either that day it was over, so they were watching it as well, or, or a couple days after, and said, get to Nashville. Um, we had another handshake deal for what I was going to be paid and what I was going to be paid to do. And for three years, I have not been paid late. I haven't missed a payment. They haven't held a check. Like, none of those things. Like, that didn't happen to me. Now, I'm married to um, a wrestler who's competed here in Impact, and she has gotten paid late. I, I get that. That happened. That's not, uh, you know, that's not something that didn't happen. But um, she's always been, she's been paid in full. So if that check came a couple days later, whatever, she's never not been paid. So that, I hated that out there. I hated people saying, like, you know, they work for free. Like, that's such a, that's not, like, who would, who would work for free? Who has the magic thought to make people work for free? Like, no. that just didn't yeah, happen. Right. And, and it hurt, it hurt on a personal level, people being like, well, they can't afford to pay you. I mean, I, I, okay, I, I mean, do I send you a picture of the car that I drive to prove <laughs> that I get paid? Like, where, how do we do that? Um, so that, that was the one thing that really got me was like, oh, you guys do all this for, for nothing. Oh, and that's just not, that's just not the case. And again, um, Dixie Carter was great to me, and I, I loved having wine with Dixie and talking to Dixie and, and picking her brain as someone who owned a business. And um, I just think that, um, you know, it is a wrestling business is completely different from anything else, and, and I think that um, I think we're heading in a great direction. I like the sounds of that. I like the sounds of that a lot. Also, of course, you don't know Josh is married to Madison Rain, who um, is lovely. We are, uh, we're all big fans of your wife, and that we'll just leave it at that so it doesn't get awkward. We'll go from <laughs> there. We'll just leave it like that. Um, Josh, give me the sell. Give me for somebody who's on the fence who says, "Look, I, you know, I'd watch this show if it was on Spike or uh, obviously Pop TV now." You know, to make sure I get that very correct. I don't know if I really want to buy a, an Impact Wrestling pay per view right now. Give me the sell for why this is the one that they should be purchasing. 
I mean, I get it. I understand that, you know, times are tough and, and spending $40 or whatever it costs to order a pay-per-view, you might have to decide whether or not you want to put your resources towards that. And I can appreciate that. But I think what you're going to get is three and a half hours because the pay-per-view starts at 730. Um, so it's three and a half hours as opposed to three. You're getting uh, three and a half hours of bonus-sized pay-per-view that's going to be extraordinary. If you're a football fan, you're going to get to see D'Angelo Williams. If you're a sports fan, you're going to get to hear Robert Flores. You're going to get to see the return of Josh Matthews to a wrestling ring for the first time in well over a decade. Uh, Scott Steiner comes back, an amazing main event, two guys in their prime from completely different cultural backgrounds in Alberto El Patron and Lashley. And I just think that we're going to deliver this. This pay-per-view means more to us than anything. So, like... Don't think that that is taken lightly here in the office. Like this is, this is it, and we know this is it, and this is a major opportunity to shine when the lights are on bright. It's awesome. I got to ask about your match. Uh, you've been tossed around. You've done some crazy moves. Is there anything more thrilling than standing next to Scott Steiner with a live mic? <laughs> nope, nope. There really wasn't. Because you know what? With Scott standing next to you, you can pretty much say anything you damn well please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Can you do Scott Steiner math? Have you figured that out yet? I'll help Scott with his math. He can help me beating up those <laughs> Hey, give Josh a follow on Twitter. It's at Real Josh Matthews. It's Matthews with one T, at Real Josh Matthews. And, of course, not only tonight on Pop TV, but the big one, Sunday night, pay-per-view for Slammiversary, uh, as, as Josh has pointed out, starting at 730. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Josh, is there anything else that we can plug for you, man? No, I'm good. Just uh, just watch the pay-per-view, and uh, we'll see everyone tonight, and we'll see everyone Sunday. Hey, Josh, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Enjoyed it. Hope we can do it again down the road. Thanks, guys. Very good. Uh, good stuff. Appreciate Josh Matthews checking in with us, and uh, check out Slammiversary on Sunday night. Our boy Eli Drake, of course, is on the card as well, Maryland Zone, so check that out on Sunday. He's in the D'Angelo match, in fact. Yes, it is. It's interesting, because when we had him on, he said, I might have to, I might have to take care of that guy. Look how that worked out. <laughs> All right, um, so let's get into the quick count for this week. Three things we haven't had an opportunity to chat about yet that we would like to before the show is over. And, Aaron, we will allow you to uh, go off the reservation a little bit. Uh, what's, uh, where do you want to guide us for number one? We're going to go to the other side of the Pacific Rim here. Well, actually, on this side of the Pacific Rim this right time because uh, New Japan is coming to L.A. Oh, for uh, they're going to have a live. Well, they're going to have two shows this weekend. One of them will be the first ever, first ever live broadcast on American television, non pay per view. This is Jim Ross. Jim right? Ross will be on Axis. He calls all the Axis shows, which are normally months late. But this time, the uh, G1 special in Los Angeles, which is not the G1 itself, but kind of a preview for it. In addition, they're announcing a United States, or not announcing, they're competing for a United States title. Uh, several things. So um, the the big match on the card is uh, Cody Rhodes is going to try to become a double champion as he's taking on Okada. That's uh, one of the real big matches. There's a couple others. Uh, Billy Gunn is taking on Tanahashi, and of course I mentioned the U.S. title. So you have Kenny Omega, which is kind of the right. People are assuming he's going to probably win it, but there are a number of other guys. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is coming over. Basically, a lot of the New Japan, especially the guys with you, who are familiar to U.S. crowds, uh, Rapongi Vice, Trent Beretta, uh, they're making sure that they're really featuring the U.S. guys. The other big thing, uh, as far as New Japan goes, is that you know with the G1 coming up, they did announce the blocks for the G1. Uh, the G1, of course, is their big tournament ah, every yeah, summer. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows that. Everybody should everybody know that. that. Um, 
which features, I mean, it, it's, it's a round-robin tournament, so it's basically a month of fantastic matches every single night, and it's tremendous. It goes up in uh, block format. But um, big things, we're getting Okada Omega again because they're in the same block, so for the third time, we're going to get a match that Meltzer rates like seven and a half stars and all that good stuff because Omega and Okada are awesome. And uh, Kota Ibushi is making his Ooh. return to New Japan. Ooh. So uh, we're going to see Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. That's one of the guaranteed matches as well as Ibushi Tanahashi. All right. All so right. I'm, I'm excited about New I'm, I might be staying up late for the next month yeah, of my right. life. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That's good stuff there. All right. Uh, number two, I cannot believe. Of all the things that you yell at me about, AJ Francis, that I haven't watched, how in the world have you not watched Glow yet? Um... Strictly because I have other things on Netflix I have to finish first. I mean, I would think that Glow should get some level of priority, given the fact that, like, you know, we had Alex Riley on, you know, like, it's about wrestling. Like, I would just think that you'd give it some priority. Literally, you're like seven shows on the network you haven't watched. Well, that's true. And... And this is the one show that I am going to watch. It's not like you when you said you were going to watch Agent Christian, knowing all the while that you never were, and you well, still no, I, have it. I watched like eight episodes at your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so like knowing that on top of that, but um, yeah, uh, no, I just I haven't no, started yet. You're I'm going to. F- this is very I'm frustrating because I don't know how much we're going to talk about it now because I don't want to. Cover your ears, AJ. Take off your headphones for like yeah, a minute. Well, here. I mean, we're not going to give away. We're this. not spoilers. We're not spoiling um, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's really great. I, I got I got through the entire first season. I, I think Aaron. You I said did, you as, did well. as well. Yep. Nice thing um, to watch on the plane. It it's really great. It's really great. Now, a uh, couple things. It's not really a wrestling it, show. It uses like, wrestling as the vehicle, but it's like right. it's like the league. The league's right. not a fancy football show. There's a it little just, bit of wrestling in there. There's yeah. a little bit of stuff that you'd have to you, you kind of have to know wrestling to get, but it's a very minimal amount. Um, it it's it's really wonderful. It's very funny. Mark Marin is great sort of being himself in a little bit of a way. Like, his character is kind of him. Um, Karma uh, has a character who is awesome. They're who's, all awesome. They're really great. I mean, the whole thing's really great. Allison how's, uh, how's Riley? How's Riley? Okay, he's so in he's, it for a second. Like, that, that was the only disappointing part is, like, they introduced him like he was going to be a big character. Thought it might be a love interest type he, deal. Yeah. I mean, well, he is a love interest type of deal. Well. And, well, <laughs> well, he is. I mean, but you don't give as much of him as you want. Like, when, when the, he's a big part of one episode. He's a huge part of it. And then you don't really get much more of him after that. Oh, that's so sucks. yeah, it's yeah. It, like I, I think that that's something they can revisit. Like they reference his character a few more times, but you just don't get more of him, which is it's no good. There's appearances from playing spot the cameo is so much fun. Yeah, there's so many cameos. Carlito, Carlito, and Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay have a cameo. You got uh, you call Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan, and Alex Riley. You got uh, Daniels and Kazarian in yeah. there. You have uh, uh, Johnny Mundo on the right, first the first episode. First episode. Um, um, the referee in that match is, uh, I want to say, is, uh, Ch- not Chavagar, is uh, Carlo Clone. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Um, there's a ton. It's great. It's wonderful. You should watch Ch- it. Chavo's Gym is the name of the yeah, gym. Yeah. And then they dedicated the one episode to Chavo Sr. Yes. Um, it's just a great show. It's a really, really great show. And they, we knew that. When we had Alex Riley on, we said, it's it's Netflix. It's... All of the people involved with it smell like this should be a great show, and it's a great show. Um, I, I encourage you to watch it. I don't really have a take about it. I'm. I think. The, I think the one take is. 
I don't think, you know, this, this, I'm not going to say, oh my God, this is going to bring a boom of the new, you know, the red. Yeah, I saw you reference something like that on Twitter the other I, day. I, I, I do, yeah, I no. do wonder if it'll bring at least some more attention to, especially know. indie wrestling. I'm curious I, about that. I don't that. know. I really don't. I don't, I don't. The answer's probably no. Probably no. Because it, Orange is the New Black is a fantastic television show and nobody gives a shit about correctional facilities yet, so. I mean, I, it's a little bit more difficult to, to turn. It's not, actually. It does not take anything. It really, yeah, it really isn't. To become an activist, you don't really need to do it, too much. The, the, the one scene, and, and this isn't really a spoiler, so don't worry if you haven't seen it yet. They, they go to a wrestling match at one point, and one of the women just like all of a sudden gets wrestling and kind of explains yes. why she gets it. A little a little bit much but you know but yeah. but again but that's sort is sort of the scene that's like okay i can almost see that translate to somebody like maybe, get it to click maybe maybe I don't yeah know. i don't know but it's a good show it's a very very good show i've enjoyed it a great deal and and the good news is i think we've we already know that we're getting more right like didn't they already confirm they were doing another season uh, i haven't seen that for sure I but thought, it's possible i thought they had already said that maybe i'm wrong all right um and then number three this week is uh, aj did you go to the tapings last friday no, I wasn't. I was in uh, the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were on a cruise. My bad. Um, well, they, the next NXT tapings happened last week, and by the time you hear the show, you'll probably have already seen one of the episodes as we're recording on Wednesday afternoon. Um, there's a few things that happened at the tapings. I tried to avoid as much as I could, but there were a few things we already knew were happening, like where we thought were happening. And, and one thing that people tweeted at us. <laughs> yeah, that, that also was a little bit disappointing. But... Um, the moral of the story is the, we have a big return happening tonight. That is the return of one Moro Ronaldo, who is back to be the voice of NXT. And, I, again, there's very little take <laughs> to have here other than... Him and Nigel as a commentary team. Oh, no. That sounds awful. Um, I, I must have really got bullied pretty bad by JBL to work in the same company <laughs> with him still. Um, look, I... I don't know. I, you know, the, he hasn't gone into great detail as to to what happened and and the circumstances that got to this. There are tons of possibilities. Like it's totally plausible that WWE said to him, "If you're going to be the voice of SmackDown, we're going to have to think about the other things that you're going to do. We need you around more often to be the voice of SmackDown. You need to be going into the office sometimes, do some work there, and we just need you to think about some of the other jobs that you're going to take. And if you're more Ronaldo and you say have the option." To call the fight of the, the century or whatever the, you know what you right. call it, right? You're probably gonna say, guys, no offense, like I'm gonna keep taking UFC fights and I'm gonna keep taking boxing matches and I'm gonna keep taking that stuff because I'm I'm not an idiot. I'm a broadcaster and broadcasters have to broadcast and so that's what I'm gonna do. So that could have played a role into this as well. There's a lot of things that could have played a role into why it is a fit for him on NXT. That might not have been a fit for him on SmackDown. It's obviously, you do four tapings, right? Like, you, you tape four weeks right. at NXT all at once. And then you don't have to show up again for Correct. a few weeks. Correct. He did all him. of his work for a month yep. on one night. He did all of the work that he has to do in order to be the voice of NXT on one night. Back-to-back -back Saturdays now, he gets to do TakeOver and that Mayweather. Uh, that's, pretty good little, that's a pretty good little back-to-back -back Saturdays. It's yep. a pretty good little uh, Nice little Saturdays. Um, yeah, right? Maybe he'll go to Pier 1 Imports while he's doing it. I love Moro. I think everybody loves Moro. Hopefully, ho hopefully, like on that NXT show, he'll pub the fact that he's doing the the Connor Floyd fight so that people will actually buy the pay per view. I, no one would do it without that. <laughs> need, need to pump that. I bet you Showtime's in negotiations right, right. right now. We're, we're get really, some advertising we're, we're on, on it. it. We're in a lot of trouble for this one. Can you help us out? Like we just 
We just don't know how this one's going to go for us. We're really worried about it. We're really worried about the bias for this fight. We just wonder, you, if you could on NXT, that, if, could that audience could that, maybe yeah. it'll... God, that's funny. All right. Uh, is that it? We good? We cover everything I for this week? I think so. Well, very good. Let's get some plugs in. Uh, AJ, you already told everybody about Frank, but if you want to do it again, by all means, also make sure you tell everybody about uh, the Francis Sports Academy. Yeah, you know, check out the music on um, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Tidal, Google Play, whatever you listen to music, you can find it. Check me out. Um, my dad's doing the clinics, Francis Sports Academy, every Sunday um, uh, in July and August. Uh, getting ready for school coming back around. Um, I'm training people down in Florida. It's a whole thing. We got a lot going on. Just uh, go on uh, our Twitter page at Francis underscore sports or the Instagram page at Francis underscore sports. Um, check us out. And you can find me on Twitter at AJFrancis410. Very good. Uh, Aaron, you are on Twitter. At the AOster. We're on Twitter. At Jobbing Out Show. Our email address. Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up for the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, right now, nothing at the moment. I'm just still getting my feet back under me after coming back from Jamaica. So I'll have stuff Fair enough. in the I, near you know future. What? I actually wrote something that I can plug this week because well, we I wrote about uh, Tahuti Miles. There we go. Who appeared on the show last week, uh, former Maryland. You can write? Yeah, believe it or not, like, well, I mean, if Aaron can write, come on. I mean, like, be fair. True. Yeah, thank true, you. True. Um, I wrote about uh, Tahuti Miles for PressBoxOnline.com. You can check it out there. Um, just a cool story. A football player and former Army vet, a man who went and served in Afghanistan, who uh, now got to try out with WWE. So I wrote about that for PressBoxOnline.com. You can check it out right there. Quick, we got breaking news here. Scott Steiner claims he broke Will Chamberlain's record for most uh, women slept with. You, are you going to disagree with him? Are you going to you're going to be the one? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm right? not challenging I'm that fact. Say, I believe him. Um, also, GlennClarkRadio.com at GlennClarkRadio on Twitter. Let's also plug our friend Steve Miggs, who uh, is with us next week, right, to do uh, Great Balls of Fire picks, I yep. believe. Um, Steve Miggs has a uh, he's he can't just let us have anything. He just he's got to have his own. So he started his own wrestling podcast. It's called Steve Miggs versus the World of Wrestling. Uh, subscribe to that in iTunes. But as I said on Twitter, and I'm going to make this very clear, you may not choose him over us. If you do, you will die. Yes, correct. We will actually kill you. That's not a. Oh wait, no, that is a joke. Um, uh, well, that is not hyperbolic. Right, we will you. literally murder you. You may choose us both. You know what I mean? You can have two Christmases. There's nothing wrong with having two Christmases, right? Like, anybody who had two Christmases growing up knows two Christmases can be okay. That, that's why people celebrate their parents getting divorced. Right. Come on. Right. You, and realistically, we're Christmas, and Steve's more like Festivus. Yeah, okay, fine. You can have your Christmas and your Festivus. You just may not choose him over us. Subscribe to him, but only after you have made sure that you are subscribed to us. Let's make that very, very clear. But we love Migs. He'll pick uh, Great Balls of Fire with us next week. As uh, we get another pick show, uh, is that it? That it's it. That's it. Very good. Thanks again to Josh Matthews for joining us. Appreciate him doing that for Aaron Oster and for the main event. Vent, 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 vent. AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. I am Glenn Clark. This is Ben jotting out. <laughs>